Hey everyone, what's up? Welcome to Game Face, episode 373 on Sifted Games at sifted.net. I'm Shane Satterfield, and I'm here to kind of host the next couple hours of awesome video game discussion. Alongside me to do that is the one and only Matt Kyle. What's up, Matt? Oh, just trying to get my head around the Oscar nominations. Yeah. Matt and I were talking about how... Um, some of the female actors in Barbie did not really get mm -hmm. nominations. Well, the one female actor, the lead, Margot Robbie, no, did not get an no best actress, which is meh, um, that is a crowded category. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. That is a crowded meh. category this year. The bigger snub is Greta Gerwig not getting a best director nomination. Yeah, which is unconscionable. Well, the the irony is that the message of the film is you know women aren't equally represented with men, and then this kind of mm -hmm. happens with the awards. The irony is kind of thick there. Well, I mean, it's more like. Yeah, the the movie's true. Yeah, like, there's a reason they wrote that movie. <laughs> they they live in that industry, and they're you know. But hey, the the one guy in the whole the cast lead lead the one ma major guy in the cast did get best supporting uh, nomination. So hey, diversity. Yeah. Um, <laughs> also, like I mean, I America Ferrera is not like she was bad. No one was bad in that yeah, movie. Yeah. Um, but if you're gonna go supporting actress for that movie, I would definitely give it to Kate McKinnon. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. I, Absolutely. Weird Barbie was the was the breakout of that film. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what. I mean, America Ferrera's character gets like the big speech. Yeah. But like, Weird Barbie is. Yeah. Is the is the supporting. Star oh yeah, she there. was amazing. Um, Not surprising, I would add. No, no. Also, got, <laughs> they Godzilla, cast her perfectly. Godzilla minus one should have gotten a Best Picture nomination. Um, if that's not in your top ten for the year, uh, we're not going to get along. Yeah. <laughs> um, certainly, it should have. I would put that in place of Maestro. Yeah. Uh, but as we all know, the Academy has a weird hard on for, um, you know, a tour white guy obsessed with a musician made a biopic stuff. <laughs> I mean, we are talking about the, the the body that gave best editing to Bohemian Rhapsody, one of the worst edited films. Yeah, I've you're right. Ever it is horribly it. Entire life. Um, <laughs> so, what are you gonna do? Yeah. Um, but it did get a nomination for visual effects, which is pretty great. Yeah. Uh, first Godzilla movie to ever get nominated for an Oscar for anything, which uh, is amazing. And yeah. it cost ten million dollars, which, which is, is like a hard month to believe. Of, it's like a month of visual effects budget for the average Hollywood <laughs> right. film. Yeah. And here we are. Yeah, so. Yeah. Um, that's very cool. Yeah, yeah, for uh, sure. And uh, uh, Nimona, an uh, animated film nobody saw, got nominated for animated film, and it did not get nominated in the Golden Globes. It's not going to win. It's going to be either Boy in the Heron or Across the Spider-Verse. Uh, but, like, it's nice to see that get recognized. That's a good one. Okay. Um, today is a crazy day for us. <laughs> and, and also for you, if you're going to watch our stream today. So we have Game Face 373. Um, that we're going to try to finish. I know you may laugh when I say this. We're going to try to finish 373 in two hours. Um, it is a smaller show. We don't have as much housekeeping as we normally do. Two hours still might be tough. We'll see what we can do. But And we have big stuff in this show, by the way. We have a lot of stuff. Uh, we're going to review Pal World, which, wow, can you believe what's been happening with that game? We're going to review The Last of Us Part 2 Remastered. And we're going to preview both Xbox and third parties in 2024. So we have a lot to get to, and we want to get through it in two hours. So if the show seems a little more rushed than usual, that's why. Because after we're done with Game Face 373, we're going to break down for like literally like two minutes, and then bring the stream back up, and we're going to do the Sifted Video Game Fantasy Draft for 2024 between Matt and I. Now, Four hours later. <laughs> Four hours later. <laughs> <laughs> in... Five or six minutes, the Sifted Fantasy Challenge will be live at sifted.net. And that is the fantasy league that you guys play in. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to get that up before we actually do our draft. I don't want you guys to leave watching Game Face to go make your picks or whatever. But I just wanted to get it up there so we had plenty of leeway for when we actually start doing our draft. We know it's going to be up and it's ready to rock. So anyway, at 110 Pacific, 410 Eastern, the Sifted Fantasy Challenge will be live at sifted.net and that's the league you guys play in and again just quick rolls for those you forgot you pick 10 games they're weighted so you get multipliers on each game that you pick and the highest multiplier is the first game you pick so the higher your pick the more important those games are also i should just mention right now no one has ever won the sifted fantasy challenge without having all 10 games count meaning you got to make sure that you're you're very careful to pick games that are definitely coming out in 2024 if you miss even one game that gets delayed out of the year you're probably not going to win just laying it out there that's pretty much how the sifted fantasy challenge works so anyway big big day today we don't have a whole lot of time to kind of sit around and bs at the open of the show in fact we should probably just get right to the housekeeping right now because we have a lot to get through um actually you know what let's check out you guys because first of all i got a new monitor and it took a while to figure it out but it's now working um and i want to see what you guys are up to because you guys were not in the show last week and i missed you guys big time i think everybody missed you guys not being in the show last week um so quickly i just want to jump through chat here and see what you guys are saying um uh, not Cirque. Thank you for Twitch Prime. Uh, Retro Current Gamer. Looks like you and Matt might be incorrect about the Lions going to the Super Bowl. There, one. Yes, it's amazing. I, I, I'm rooting for the Lions. I think every NFL fan who has had their team eliminated is rooting for the Lions. I am absolutely 100% rooting for the Lions. So if you're a Lions fan, hashtag one pride. <laughs> uh, not Cirque. Thanks again for Twitch Prime. It's awesome, man. Uh, McWomble, thank you for Twitch Prime. Good to see you in our live uh, stream. You don't you don't make it on to the uh, live show as much as you used to, so good to see you. Pain of Demise, thank you for Twitch Prime. And let's go. That's right, we're going to go. We got a big, big stream today. Uh, what else we got here? Everyone's saying, yes, go Lions. Yeah, I think everyone's rallying behind the Lions because they just haven't won anything since, like, 1991. Mm-hmm. So it's really an awesome story. Um, so anyway... That's it. That's all we got in chat right now. I think Although it's time. It's, uh, it's fun to see the Niners up there with Mr. Irrelevant. Oh, uh, with Brock Purdy. Yeah, it's just like, it's yeah, especially if the Lions make it, it's like, you go back to the beginning of the season, tell people who's in the Super Bowl. And yeah. Like, what? Well, I mean, the Niners were good last year. <laughs> yeah, but like, but after everything ha- happened there. Yeah. Like, well, the crazy game was last week because yeah. the Lions played against the Rams. The Lions had traded their quarterback to the Rams. The Rams had traded their quarterback back to the Lions. Everybody thought the Rams got the better end of the deal, and they kind of did. They won the Super Bowl like the year after or whatever. But the quarterback that the Rams sent to the Lions outplayed the Rams quarterback, and I'm sorry, AJ the Legend Watson, because you're a Rams fan, but he did, and the Lions beat the Rams. So there's a huge story behind last week's game. This week is they're playing with house money. Because the Lions, even their fans, never would have dreamed that they'd make it to the NFC Championship. So it's just amazing to see. Good luck if you're a Lions fan. I'm really rooting for you guys. Um, and with that, let's get into housekeeping for episode 373. Um, we're gonna start out with talking about a game that the review embargo lifted for today. Did you get a chance to check out any of the reviews for it, Matt? No. And it's not in today's show, unfortunately. We'll be talking about it in next week's show. But that game is Like a Dragon, Infinite Wealth. Um, this is the, basically the next in the Yakuza line of video games. It's a turn-based RPG crossed with a resort management sim. Um, and it's done very well with reviews so far. We've got some reviews already curated up at sifted.net if you want to check those out. However, kind of the, the offshoot story from this game this week is something that no publisher, to my knowledge, has ever done before. 
And basically, what's happening is Sega is going to make the new game plus for this game a chargeable DLC. It's going to cost you money to play the new game plus in Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth. Matt, how do you feel about that? That's dumb. It's so dumb. I mean, it's part of the deluxe upgrade, I guess, mm-hmm. but like, which I would get anyway, so it's not going to affect me, but it's like, why... Why would you do that? Like, that's very silly. I just, I don't understand it at all. Because the other thing too, Matt, is this game has been generating a ton of momentum over the mm-hmm. last couple of weeks. For me personally, I would say that I have, my hype level for this game has really shot through the roof over the last couple of weeks. And I'm really excited for it now. I never play New Game Plus. Do you? <laughs> Sometimes. I very rarely do. So, I just not don't have on time. These games. Yeah. I mean, I, I, the, the idea that I, even, I would even finish this game is rather silly. Right. Um, yeah. And not, don't count not on this us fin- year anyway. Yeah, don't count know? on us finishing it for our discussion in next week's episode either. That's just not going to happen. Yeah, I haven't finished a Yakuza game since I think four or five. Yeah. Like it's just they're it's huge just games. Too long. Or I guess Kiwami one and two. I finished. But yeah. Like, those are still one and two to me. Yeah. But this is a this is the new precedent that's being set by Sega here, and I don't think it's a good one, Matt. Like, no, I don't. This is why. Why I don't know. Like, do you really need to nickel and dime the fans of this like franchise? What, like, what does this get? Like, again, the Duck Consulting Agency could have told you this is going to back. Horrible idea. You. Like, yeah. like why would you want negative press like this the week before this game comes out? It's completely stupid. The other thing about it too, Matt, is it generally the people who play New Game Plus are your most hardcore fans. Mm-hmm. They're your, the people who are going to buy that game no matter what the review scores were. They're going to buy the next one no matter what the review scores are. Man, I would have leaned into like, hey, we got New Game Plus on day one, unlike that Spider-Man 2 thing. Right. You know? Yeah. Because a lot of games, you're right, Matt, it's not just Spider-Man. Most games now, the New Game Plus isn't there on day one. Yeah. It's which, like which, a thing. Sure. Fine. Like, there's no reason. Yeah. You're not using, of all the features you're not going to use on day yeah. one, that one. <laughs> exactly. You know? But it is a selling point. You yeah. could use that as a bullet point to say, hey, we're doing things differently in a better way. Or whatever. Like, you know, but yeah. it's like, yeah. Yeah, this is this it's pointless. Yep. So I don't know what they're thinking there. It seems like a lot of the Japanese publishers lately are just kind of mm-hmm. I don't know what they're doing. Square Enix again, like talking it, about uh, NFTs. But again, to the hardcore fans, it's not going to matter because they're buying the deluxe edition anyway. No, you're probably right. So yeah, uh, maybe if, they've done the research and they're like, actually, this doesn't really make a difference for most people who will buy the game. No, I, don't know. I guess not. I mean, it's just a sentiment really around it. I think it's just like what's what's the point? Why? Why? Yeah. It's already there. Just give it to everybody. There's yeah. other reasons to get deluxe edition that yeah. are already selling people on it. And that most of those pre-orders are probably locked in already anyway. So mm-hmm. why this all of a sudden? Yeah, yeah, I agree. So a little bit weird. Uh, the game is coming out on Friday. Is that right? Tekken Eight Friday. Yeah. Uh, also this on Friday. That and this and early access on Suicide Squad. All right. And there's a lot of this busy big weekend. I'm gonna be playing a lot of games this weekend. I'm gonna be playing a lot of games starting tomorrow. Actually, I have a lot to get through. So anyway, uh, just a caveat about the game, and we we try to mention things that happened for the first time ever in the games industry, and this was one of those cases. So a little bit surprising, uh, particularly with this franchise. It really feels like Sega has done a really good job shepherding that franchise with fans. So it kind of caught me off guard a little bit. But to Matt's point, not that big a deal. Who worries about New Game Plus the first time they play a game? And these games are so long, you're probably not going to worry about it for like a month, a month and a half. Yeah, like Robocop just got New Game Plus right. like yesterday. Mm-hmm. Which, okay, sure, that's, that's fine. Right. The timing makes sense to me. So anyway, anytime something new happens in the games, and just we, we try to bring it up. David5807, thank you for Twitch Prime. I'm so glad the chat's back. I felt, I said it last week, I really felt naked without you guys in the show. I felt so weird doing the whole show, not being able to glance over at chat and see what you guys are saying. So glad that you guys are back. Um, next story in housekeeping. We got the first look at WWE 
2K24. We never cover wrestling games, and this is probably the only time we'll talk about this game on Game Face. I'm sorry if some of you guys are into these games, but it's just got to the point where I go to play them, and I play them for like two hours, and I just can't stand them anymore. <laughs> so mm. I am not... You don't want me reviewing the WWE games, because I also am completely unforgiving on the bugs and the mechanic problems that they always have. Um, I think you want to hear from a fan of this franchise because really if you look at it with an even keel these games are kind of garbage now the wwe games have never been as good as they should be yeah other than like the n64 era where they were punching out of their 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 weight class a lot but for me personally wrestling games have really fallen off the map i don't really care about them anymore now as you can see right here the big focus for this year's game is celebrating 40 years Mm -hmm. of wrestlemania which i cannot even fathom that there have been 40 years of wrestlemania matt i still remember when WrestleMania one happened, and I was young, I could hardly even knew what it was. What it was, mm-hmm. but my dad, we had a satellite dish, and when you first got satellite dishes back in the day, you got every channel in the world for free once you paid for your dish, and we got every pay per view for free, and so we had all the WrestleManias. The first, I think, four WrestleManias before they figured out how to scramble the pay per view stuff on satellite dishes. Hmm. Um, and every we had like parties at my dad's house, and people would come over and watch WrestleMania. I can't believe that was forty years ago. Now it blows my mind. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I know how old I was because forty uh, was seven. Yeah, simple math. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, but like yeah, I, mean, I, I don't remember. I think the first one I I didn't don't think I saw the whole thing. I think I saw like highlights of them when they were like promoting WrestleMania three. Yeah, they would run WrestleMania one and two kind of like as part of the WWF like show that week. Yeah, so I think I saw I saw which like, was the WWF back yeah. then. By the way, the pandas were brutal. Yeah, before the World um, Wildlife Federation got pissed and the uh, <laughs> yeah before they decided oh no there is a possibility you might confuse us <laughs> with, with with this humanitarian yeah. organization. Yeah, <laughs> my God, it's Diane Fossey with a folding chair. Um, but like, that's Jane Goodall's entrance music. Oh God, I knew she was coming next. <laughs> Freaking great! The crocodile hunter. The crocodile hunter. The crocodile hunter. Pandas strong. Yeah, but like, uh, t- I remember. I remember the 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 match between um, uh, watching the match between uh, uh, Hulk Hogan and no, it was Randy Andre Randy, the Giant. Randy Savage and King Kong Bundy. No, oh, that was a good one too for the, for the affections of Miss Elizabeth. Right. Yeah. And uh, that, and I remember the first time I was wor- I was I didn't understand. I, my mom had to tell me it wasn't real. That it was it was. Uh, yeah, I think it was the same wrestling. It was around the same time. It was the one where because one of the I don't remember which one it was, WrestleMania it was, but it was where uh, somebody hit Ricky the Dragon Steamboat with the belt, the belt right? and yeah. swallowed his tongue right. and couldn't breathe. And I was like worried. I was like, you know, I was like eight. I was like worried about. It. And she's like, he's fine. They're acting. It's yeah. not real. I'm like, oh okay. I get well, I found out in like the wrestling magazines at my local newsstand, but I would like read the, the really trashy wrestling magazines that covered like the little Texas leagues and stuff because mm-hmm. that's where like Abdullah the Butcher was and he would cut himself every match. And so all the photos were of all this blood all over the mat and all over the matches. Like the WWF back then was really like the pasteurized version of professional wrestling. Yeah. It was a smaller but league. But that was McMahon's genius. Right. He realized it could be an inter- a nationally yeah. broadcast. No, you're thing. right. Yep. So anyway, Matt and I, we don't care about wrestling anymore. But if you guys do, or you might, yeah. we wanted to bring up the WWE 2K24 is coming. Also, it come, it's launching like March 26th or something. Yeah. The problem with that, or beginning of that trailer, is like, I don't know who any of those people are. Like, it's, right. it's like, I don't either. Completely different. It's like, it's Other like, than the class. The, it's like when the new G.I. Joe comic comes out. I'm like, I don't know who these people are. Yeah. Like, who are you? Are they all these new characters. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, although I did learn this week, I didn't know this because I'm not super plugged into the G.I. Joe fandom. I didn't know that one of the fandom nicknames for Cobra Commander is Coco. No, I didn't know that either. I like didn't. the little robots that deliver food in L.A. Coco. Do you guys have Cocos? They're these little like robots on wheels that deliver food in L.A. You see them all over the sidewalks here. They're these, they're cute. Yeah. They're these little cube-shaped like robots on wheels that have a little like thing that flies behind them. And I guess they just show up at the restaurant. The restaurant loads it up. It locks. And then it, and I just wonder why the homeless people don't attack these things and steal the stuff out of the Because you can't get into them. I guess not. They're very, they're very secure. <laughs> it's funny. Um, so anyway. And there's cameras everywhere. Gonna, yeah. You know. Okay. There's probably one on Coco, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the... I mean, yeah, the cameras on Coke all over. Like, yeah. they're, they're, they're protected. It's, it's pretty fine. cool. You see them r- rolling down the sidewalks here in L.A. when you're driving by. You're like, oh, Coco. They're cute little things. Uh, so anyway, WWE 2K24 is coming very soon in just about a month and a half. Um, next up, so we're going to talk about the Xbox Developer Direct, obviously. It how was in a- the world is, uh, in G- how much you want to bet in GTA 6, Robbing like little cocoa likes is going to be one of the activities Missions. in the in the I'm sure one of the general open world activities. I'm sure like, it should be. If it's not, Rockstar slipping. Yeah, you miss you missed you're a, missing a an opportunity there. Yeah. Yep. Um, so anyway, we're going to talk about the developer direct. We're actually going to preview Xbox in 2024, and, th- and j- then therefore we will also talk about the developer direct. However, one of the cooler things that came out of that direct is that. Sharp-eyed fans managed to find a tease for a new Quake game hidden inside the video. Um, now, you guys may remember, we got the Quake 2, was it a, it's just a remaster, I guess. It's a remaster, yeah. Yeah, that came out not that long ago. I was not a fan of it, per, honestly, and I know some of you guys slagged me for that. I do not feel like these old Quake games have aged all that well. Now, saying that, I'm completely open to a new Quake. What do you think it would be, Matt? I don't know. And the Quake, there's two very different philosophies of Quake, and one is like this story-driven sort of you know alien invasion-like thing, and the other is uh, you know, a purely multiplayer arena shooter. Mm-hmm. Um, I, think, I think I lean to the latter more with Quake. I mean, to, I, when you say Quake, I think of Quake Three, mm-hmm. um, which the arena shooter. Yeah, uh, I prefer the other style, story-driven stuff. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I don't really care yeah. that much. You know, I, I have more of an affinity for Doom. Quake always left me a little, felt a little cold to yep. me. It's a little sterile. Um, I'd agree with that. Yep. And uh, so this this is not a particularly exciting tease to me. It's, yeah. It kind of depends who's making it. I guess it's id probably. But um, I part of the problem is like, are you? How do you ever top Doom 2016? I don't know. Um, it's even Doom Eternal. Or if you, I liked Doom 2016. Better. I like 2016, but I know there's people that love Eternal because Eternal's approach was different. It's still but great. Even, but even like, even if you're that person, how do you top Doom Eternal? Right. You know, it's like yeah. I feel like they just nailed it so hard on both of those that Quake better have a real good idea. Also, wasn't there like a Quake Wars thing coming? There, there? was Quake Champions, which Champions, is just a yeah. multiplayer focused thing. That's still happening. That's still happening. It's still, happening. It's still happening. out there. Yeah. Okay. But it just never really caught on. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like Gen Z and millennials have really attached to the Quake franchise that Quake much. Just wasn't Quake was not critical mass on the same level. I mean, like Quake Three, alongside Unreal Tournament, was sort of the explosion of first-person online combat. Yeah. But like, 
there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of desire to go back to that. Like no one seems to be for for all we ended up having to play it over and over because all anybody wanted to play on. Like no one really seems to want facing worlds back. Yeah, um, it's weird that there aren't more homages to that level. To well, there was Bolt Gun, the Warhammer, yeah, Boomer Shooter, as people call it. Yeah, them. but that even that like doesn't. That's more Doom derived yeah. or Quake One derived. No, you're right. At, at mo- yeah. Like it doesn't remind me of Quake. As no, I no, Quake. I agree. Yeah. But anyway, it does, and I agree. I think it probably is Id that's working yeah. on it because what else is Id working on right now? Yeah. Also, like, why isn't there an Unreal remastered? I don't know. I don't know. That's it. Feels like Unreal sort of left to to rot. It has been left to rot for sure. I mean, I'm sure you can you can only you only have so much time in the day to count on your Fortnite money. Yeah, I mean, you only have so much time in the day to revive old shooters that people may or may not care about. Yeah, as but, well. But Unreal, it'd be it'd be pretty cool to see like a modern, full on overhaul remake of Unreal One because Unreal One was pretty cool, a pretty mm-hmm. nice, pretty. Yeah, I mean, what, it got it was too long and it got boring, but it was very pretty for the time. And if you kind of got if you did it up like Avatar Frontiers of Pandora style, oh yeah, it'd be be something to see for all for sure yeah uh but it is interesting how they kind of pick and choose which of these old shooters to revive but it looks Mm -hmm. like quake is next up on the docket what was the tease by the way like i didn't it was just like a logo hidden inside yeah one of the it it was one of the biggest stories of the week on sifted as far as comments are concerned but it was just a little logo just hidden in one of the parts of just the quake logo no no numbers in it yeah there's no like there's no other indication really Mm -hmm. some people are arguing that it's not even really a tease uh, because it is very subtle, but I think it is. I think it's legit, or I wouldn't have put it in. Well, game they were things. feeling clever on this one. Clearly, even Bethesda, like where they where Todd steals the the trophy at right. one point, like yeah, <laughs> like so they're they're try, they're being cute. Yep. On, the, on this on that developer direct in general. So yep. Uh, one super master gamer. Thank you for Twitch Prime. Let's go, indeed. Um, next up in housekeeping, we have a squabble, Matt, between two old friends. Actually, oddly enough. Rockstar and Remedy are fighting over their logos because both of them just have an R. Mm-hmm. And Remedy just updated its logo, I believe, like early last year to just that R logo. I don't know why it's taken all this time for this dust stuff to happen. Also, aren't they both owned by the same Kinda. People? Like, they've like, been partners in development. Like, obviously, they you know, Rockstar handled Max Payne. Like, there's all this crossover between the two. I don't know what's going on there. Well, it seems very it out, weird. So, <laughs> yeah. Like they put it to rest, as far as I, I yeah. saw. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. It's just like, like, why? It's like it's too close to the rock. I'm like no one's it's gonna not. confuse the Rockstar anything. Everybody anything. knows like, Rockstar's logo. It's not even the same color, right? I mean, the whole thing was ridiculous. Why don't you go up to Rare next? Right, uh, exactly. Because they also use it. You R. own the letter R, right. Rockstar. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of the hubris. They, I mean, that is their. Their that's brand, that's yeah. where they're at, yeah. Um, but you, to your mass point, it has been settled. I just found it. I mean, these guys are legitimate partners and have been for like two decades. Yeah, there must be some kind of Max Payne beef happening. Maybe like it should have never even been in the public. Like they should be able to call each other and be like, "Let's talk about this." Like mm-hmm. this doesn't need to go into the but public. Also, like and nobody, this, there's no similarity between the two. No, it's the just an R. That's R. it. You just right, like you said, you own the letter R because it's completely yeah. stylized differently. The colorways are different. I mean, people have tried dumber sure. dumber things yeah. for copyright like yeah, yeah. Well, this isn't one of them like that guy who kept saying he owned the word edge all right him? that's right <laughs> i forgot about that yep constantly sued video game things but for some reason never went after the edge right yeah you Isn't mean that? u2's guitar yeah. player <laughs> or the shaving cream yeah <laughs> Uh, so anyway, it is funny how these huge corporations that generate billions and billions of dollars in revenue can still act like 12-year-old idiots. 
Like, it just blew my mind that they were arguing over this. Again, because they are friends. It was just so bizarre. And the chat makes a good point. Why doesn't Rockstar go after Rockstar Energy Drink? Well, that's a good point. Yeah. and they Which use, actually does have a pretty similar logo. It is kind of a similar. Yeah. It, it uses the star in yeah. there. Also, yeah. that Ultra Strawberry Cream. Uh, uh, what, I don't remember if that's Rockstar or Monster. I think that's Monster. That's really good. I only like Red Bull. All the other energy drinks I drink, I don't like them. Normally same, but this is a strawberries and cream one. I, I think it was see Monster that. that I got on the way up to San Francisco that I was like, that's really good. Like, I would drink this just to drink just it. Just to drink it. And, you know, but I wouldn't because it makes me, like, Crazy. weird and angry. <laughs> but, like, that's good when you're trying to drive on the five. <laughs> it is. Yeah, I only drink Red Bull and Blueberry Red Bull is really good. Mm, they have mm. some Red Bull flavors that are pretty tasty. But yeah, I don't even really drink it that much anymore. I used the, to drink a can a day. The strawberries and cream Monster is... Um, it's also zero sugar, but it um, that is as good as a normal soda no. to me. Try it. When you I would try it. Okay. On the way on the way back down, they didn't have any more of it. It was all gone. Like the fucking slot in the just same emptied. gas station was missing. It was like <laughs> it's like they'd erased it from history. I'm just like, what happened? Like this was, I was looking forward to that. I, it's the only reason I'm stopping Colinga for fuck's sake. Yeah, why else would you? Uh, so anyway, Rockstar and Remedy grow the f up. Uh, next up, somebody else who needs to grow the f up. Billy Mitchell, our old pal Billy Mitchell. Do you remember him? He's the weird dude with the long dark hair and the goatee. King he, of, he's the guy who was famous 17 years ago for King of, King of being Kong. an asshole in King of Kong. Yeah, he is a uh, an esports athlete who at one point had a I bunch think, of. I don't think it counts as esports if it was before the internet. I mean, I he was like the first esports athlete, maybe. No, nah, I mean he was. There was a bunch of them back. back you know, that's been happening since before. There was somebody I saw like there's uh, the first the first top scoring like person who was ever recognized for a number one score on any video or any arcade game back in the day was a woman who she was she was i can't remember her name but she was it was for space invaders who was the guy that set almost all the records on atari 2600 games i don't remember he, that, was, he was cheating most of the time he was you're right but that was the first guy all that these I guys are they're all crooked. cheaters like all these guys who have been in, like anyone who's been in that scene since like the beginning of the 80s or whatever they've probably been doing shady stuff yeah. like every time it comes out well here's billy mitchell as it turns out was a cheater is a cheater mm -hmm. they well, I will always associate with paul mitchell for some reason <laughs> That's funny. For, like, I remember because I remember when I was a kid, there was Paul Mitchell hair products right. ads, and at the end of the ad, this guy in like like silhouette with a hat on would turn to the camera ominously and would say, "Paul Mitchell does not want you to buy his products at anywhere but licensed hair salons." Right. And I'm like, like, is Paul Mitchell gonna get me if I like buy it at the supermarket? Like, what the? And I always because Billy Mitchell's so obsessed with his hair, I always think of that. He is, he's just obsessed with himself. Period. Yeah. So what happened was they started looking at his footage and they found that he had been playing and setting his records on an emulator. They did this technical analysis of the frames of his videos. Yeah, the way the way his his tapes, the way Donkey Kong and Burger uh, Burger Time, I think also, but the way they draw on the way Mame draws on frame by frame is different than the way the arcade board does, and yeah. his videos show Mame draw on patterns. Yes. Yeah. So he was using it's, an emulator. It's definitive. It is. Oh yeah. There's no ifs or buts about it. He cheated. And, and there is like there are records and there are is a way to like you know still qualify for records if you're using Mame, but you have to say tell that's them what that you, you're using you have to say that's what you're doing. But the Donkey Kong records, the prestige records, are set on arcade boards, and so he was stripped of all these records that he thought he had, and he has never gotten over it. No. How long ago was that? That was like eight years ago. A lot of years ago. He has been ago. fighting tooth and nail to try to get his stupid ass records reinstated. It's like, all hey, bro, this time. Why, why don't you just play the game again? 
Yeah. The problem that with good. the problem, right? The problem with it, if you're that good, just do it again, right? Yeah. On an arcade board. Mm-hmm. The problem is that Billy Mitchell is wealthy because he has hot sauce and all these other businesses that he runs, and so he he's really stupid. But he is spending all his money on what are called slap lawsuits. Uh, there's a great. Um, episode of last week tonight about slap mm-hmm. lawsuits. It explains what they are. Basically, wealthy people just suing people into oblivion because they know the other people aren't as wealthy as them and they can't afford to keep defending themselves. And that is what he has done. So there's this organization called Twin Galaxies, which also is shady. Yeah, AF, also not. Which I is mean, insane that they this control is, it, this. It's fascinating that it's like just it's like this weird little bubble of like weirdos, weirdos who like <laughs> think they're important, but no they're one. Not. Gives, like, it's like like yeah, like that's your main accomplishment in life is that you got the top score in like some weird game back in the day. Like yeah. congratulations, you're the king of Puyan. King yeah. of Dragster for Atari yeah. 2600. Yeah, it's funny. But even that was not real. I was right. Funny. That was also faked. Like yeah. they went in the fucking code and figured out it was impossible to get this that, at the time, that time that they were saying. Yeah. yeah. That's more interesting than this, the records being set. Frankly. It is. It's like debunking this shit and how the way they have, the the way they have, to, the way they have to go into the depths of how these games work. Yeah. And you're like, that's so weird. Like, <laughs> so so he you, basically, had to, you basically had to like jerry rig everything on those the because the, the system they care so that weak. much well no, no, no i meant I, I meant to just to get the old games to work because right, you were right. dealing with such limited memory and power yeah yeah um that's interesting to me like way more interesting than the fact that someone cheated to get a dragster time yeah but anyway he just sued the crap out of twin galaxies until after five years of lawsuits they just relented and they they settled with billy mitchell not to reinstate his records but they they put him in like the back in the pantheon of old records yeah, or something they, they basically have a new new section now that's just going to say like these people used to have records yeah and he's, and in, he's there. in there now yeah. and that was good enough for him so and he, he dropped yeah. the lawsuit and he's not in like yeah he's not in the uh actual Rule, yeah, he didn't. They didn't even restore his records. He's, they basically created an entire asterisk section yeah, just, just for, for him. him to make the lawsuits go away, yeah. basically. And so, once again, I think we talked about Billy Mitchell, maybe the first year of Game Face or something. Here we are again talking about what a douchebag he is. The good news, Matt, I think, is that like he may just go away now. Finally, yeah, it seems unlikely. Really? He's still what, gonna... what else is there gonna they're gonna be for him? Oh, to... he'll pop up and whine about something here and there. Maybe. He'll say, you know, whatever, whatever it takes. Well, I sure hope he's gone for good because he is one of the worst people in the video games industry. Um, he's not even in the industry. He's barely, he's, not. he's barely a footnote. No, you're right. Yeah, that's a good point. Like he thinks he he's is. He's just some guy. He is. He's just some dude who was pretty good at Donkey Kong back in the eighties. Yeah. <laughs> he's trying to live off of it for the rest of his life. That's pretty funny to think about. Yeah. It's like, I was pretty good at Mario Kart 64 at one point. I couldn't imagine trying to make that my identity through my entire life. I don't know. <laughs> it's really bizarre. But, like, there's people who do that and still come off as better people than, I mean, yeah. the whole fighting game community, for instance. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, Justin Wong's very, very much about how good he is at fighting games, but yeah. that is not who he is as a person. Oh, yeah. I mean, it doesn't override everything no. about him. It doesn't make him a douchebag like mm. Billy Mitchell. So, anyway, au revoir, Billy Mitchell. Can't say I'll, I'll miss you. Um, next up, Ubisoft has decided it doesn't really like to release games anymore. We only get, what, one or two Ubisoft games a year at this point? Yeah, I mean, we're about to get the second one, maybe, in the, in like a two-month span. Which That's is crazy. insane for Ubisoft at this point. anymore. Yep. Well, one of its executives, they just relaunched their subscription service called Ubisoft Plus. And do you know the highest tier of that is $18 a month, Matt? Wow. $18 a what? month. 
for their back catalog of games and one of their executives. You could play that in like a month. Uh, like, why would you subscribe every month? Well, I mean, month all the that? Assassin's Creed you couldn't play in a month, but. You could if you were dedicated. You were really dedicated. If you didn't sleep for Speed a month. Speedrunners can do it. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Um, but anyway, they changed Ubisoft Plus for like the fifth time. They've changed that service so many times. They can't even keep up with how it works anymore. But when they changed it again, just like a couple weeks ago, one of the executives who was behind the whole change um, basically said that the that it's doing very well, which I was shocked by. First of all, he's like, it's doing very well. I couldn't believe that. And I do wonder if he was telling the truth. But the other thing he said is that for services like Ubisoft Plus and other services that are similar to really thrive, players are going to have to get over the idea of owning their own games. Mm-hmm. And so that set off a firestorm. I mean, it's kind of surprising, honestly, that people got so upset about it because most people don't buy physical games anymore. But for whatever reason, the people who are left, like me, I still buy physical, um, got really angry over this. No, He's, that's not that. It's not physical games. It's buying games. I own all my digital games. Yeah, right. That's You're right. That's an important point. But... There, I, this guy seems. I, I think this guy is just in his executive bubble and doesn't. Well, Game Pass, you don't own the games. I don't think he's even talking about that. I think he's talking about games as a service. I think because you don't own Destiny, you know. You Destin will never 2. own you a game as a service because if the, the network Division goes away, two. the right. game's done. Yeah. Right. You don't own Rainbow Six Siege. Well, I this was actually he, in reference to Prince of Persia: The Lost Crown because they're trying. They're asking him like, mm-hmm. how has the adoption been with your new Prince of Persia game? And he basically was like, without saying it, he's saying it's not great. And because people he, are playing it on the on and he's services. explaining why is because he thinks that people are still attached to owning their games and they won't technically own them if they play them on Ubisoft Plus um, and Game Pass. Same way, you don't own the games there. You yeah. pay you pay your fee and you get to play. But it's them. like you know, you don't own most of the movies you watch. You don't no, own not anymore. You didn't own any of the arcade games you played. Like it's no, like it's you, you pay a fee to play the thing and you're done with the thing and that's that's it. You yeah. Know? The the need the desperate need for ownership over everything you touch in the video game space is extremely weird, um, and I think Game Pass is it was smart to realize that that doesn't need to be that way. Yeah, um, as long as you get to install it locally, you're fine. And you Ubisoft no the issues. fact that Ubisoft has its own service like that is still weird to me because I don't I don't feel like they have an enough output to justify especially that now kind of thing. it's crazy. I mean yeah. they, they've been doing I mean you've got a game release every month since December yeah if, assuming Skull and Bones actually after comes a out. completely barren year last right. year yeah um, but maybe they they'll turn it around going forward but it's even like I mean EA Play doesn't make a lot of sense to me in that regard me. either. The fact that EA Play folded itself into the Game Pass thing makes a lot more sense. Well, it does have sports games, which... Yeah, I also don't understand why Ubisoft stuff seems to only come out on Epic Game Store now. Mm-hmm. They probably signed a deal with them. I guess, but... I mean, Epic probably just gave them a grip of money and was like, hey, we're exclusive with you guys now. Um, do you think that Gen Z and some of the younger millennials will ever be okay with not owning their games? Most of them already are. Yeah, I guess they kind of are, right? It feels like the mm. Gen Z doesn't care if they own anything. No, I mean, there, it's gonna be a while before any of those, that, you know, you're not, when you're young, you don't think about that. You don't think about preservation, or mm-hmm. maybe one day you'll wanna go back and play that game you just finished playing because you remember it fondly now. Yeah. Uh, and that'll come around in certain segments of the fandom as time goes on. Vincent reminds us they've actually released four games in the last four months. Which is insane for Ubisoft in 2023 and 2024. Um, so, yeah, I don't... I just don't think it really matters. 
Like, this guy is not going to control how video games are released and purchased and played, so who cares what this guy said? Well, I did talk to a couple nephews over the holidays, and they were saying that, like, owning stuff is kind of annoying. Yeah, because well, you got to find a place to put it. And you gotta, that's, I bought, why, that's why I'm digital now, because I don't want to buy any more fucking shelves. Yeah, because I bought Tears of the Kingdom, a box copy, for one of my nephews, and he kind of looked at it and was like, mm. <laughs> I could tell he was like, I'm not so into that. I'm going to carry that around with me. And I was like, time. you didn't get the new Zelda, did you? And he's like, no, but he's like, this is like a, a real game. And I, that's how he described it. And I was like, what do you mean a real game? He's like, you know, a game. And he like shook it like it, I can hold it, basically. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I get it. Because he has a Switch. It's loaded with games. But he has like three physical games total. And he's nine. So I do think. Five games. Mirage. Oh, wow. Wow. That's amazing. Ubisoft's back on the back of the train. <laughs> well, I don't know. We didn't know. even notice. Well, what happens after Skull and Bones? Um... <laughs> Exactly. Wait for whatever. I don't remember what. Nobody knows. You know when anything's coming out this this year. The fantasy draft was a nightmare. It really was. We're gonna get to that in a little bit. It was rough. Um, So anyway, um, I'm interested how you guys feel about it. Do you guys care if you own games anymore, and not just own physical games, but if you buy a digital game that is yours forever? Do you care about that, or are you like, do you finish a game and you're just like, bye bye? Because that's kind of how I am, honestly. Even though I buy physical games, I rarely go back and play games again. Yeah. I just don't. I just don't I, have the time. I know. I, I have over a thousand physical games. They're they're on shelves in my office everywhere. You know, a, three, a bunch of them I didn't even pay for. They're from, they were review copies or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I know 90% of those games are going to sit on that shelf until I die. Or until you until do something, something with them. them. Yeah. But it's like, I, I, look, I think about that all the time. Because like right at eye level as I turn around from my desk, the thing that the the game that is kind of right in my eye line as I turn that way is Golden Axe Beast Rider. <laughs> just happens to be where the alphabetical thing falls. And I'll, sometimes I'm like, am I ever gonna play? Like the only reason I would ever play that game again is because I turn and look at him like I'm gonna play you again. Just so I don't have to like <laughs> think because. about this every time I look at you. Think, you know, it's that. Yeah. Let's look at chat here. How many uh, copies of the Yakuza games do I have? Like yeah. Three well, I each? have. Digital I mean, copies on four different platforms, physical copies, all the PlayStation versions. Am I ever going to use any of those? Matt, I have Madden from like 1999 oh, wow. until today. And I those went, games are worth like 50 cents. I went to the, <laughs> the, the game store, the independent like little brick bunker game store I used to work at in the 90s yep. when I was up in San Francisco. And they still have a stack of copies of Madden 64 that I am sure are the ones that were there when I was there in 1998. Like, I am 100% certain it was like four of them. And I'm like, those have been here for a quarter of a century. I'm sure of it. Um, Andy T. Monaghan, this was also a story on Sifted this week, reminds us that Game, which is like the UK's GameStop, is no longer accepting trade-ins for games at all. At all. I remember Game. Beginning like next That's where I got the sequel to Hotel Dusk. Yep. Um, okay, Silk Snake says, I'll switch when digital is cheaper than physical. Because that's the crazy part. In Canada and some places in Europe, buying a digital version of a game is more expensive than mm. buying the physical version, which is just bonkers. It should be there's cheaper. Lot, well, there's a lot of weird laws and rules and agreements that, you know, that the retailers refuse to lose that revenue because they think, you know, Walmart did that here. They're like, we can't sell the digital games for cheaper because then why would anyone buy them from us? Yeah. And look, the day will come when digital sales are so strong and retail and you know and and physical brick and mortar sales are so weak that the the publishers are just going to be like, fine, fuck it, like, yeah. or we'll pay what we pay and they don't need to lower the price because people buy them at that price anyway. Yeah. 
But if you really want to, if, uh, that would have to be a time when, like, basically the publishers decide they want to phase out physical pu- physical publication. Yeah. That means I think that's going to be a that, while. That may happen. It may happen eventually. Uh, Cinetyke says, as a Steam customer for 15 plus years, do I own the games? Yes. You do. You, in fact, do own those games. That's the thing about this argument. It's like no one on PC gives a shit about yeah. this argument. They've been dealing that, with this that's for forever. been that way since 2004. Like, yeah. physical, I, I don't remember the last physical PC game I got. Maybe probably The Witcher 3 special yeah. edition thing. Congrim One says, if it's digital only, I tend to refuse purchasing for most games, especially day one. I can't help but notice that the fucking PC market hasn't collapsed in on itself, and, right. and nobody claims they don't <laughs> own PC games, and PC games haven't disappeared and stopped existing, and nobody's taken your PC games away from you, and yeah. magically suddenly you can never install a Steam purchase again. No, that doesn't happen. It never happens. Uh, Mr. Starwalker, I buy physical games. I care about it. Kevin Rafa, I'm starting to buy more digital games, but it all depends on where the game is cheaper. C-Note 51, I don't care anymore. Too Quick Capri, I will buy less games if they go all digital. Okay. Um, Userfriendly.exe, 7.7K are watching Pokimane play Power World. Okay, I don't know why you dropped that in there. Um, AJ, the legend Watson, says, I, I want physical and I rarely go back, but this is how I've been conditioned. I hope one day my grandkids enjoy them. Okay. <laughs> I they won't they won't there'll no. be something way better to play than movies like dvds of movies and stuff maybe but like the yeah. thing is like old games are not interesting to, to kids Erebus jones says 98 point a very specific here 98.5 percent of all physical games are basically worthless now with no real resale value and just t- take up space no that's not true at all man i mean they're, they're that's true if of opened ones like, i mean but, go on ebay you can you can sell your I games have. on there yeah, but like they're basically. I mean, is it worth it to go through your average PlayStation Two opened PlayStation Two game is worth like twenty to thirty bucks, yeah. which is pretty good for a twenty year old right. video yeah. game. But is it worth going through the hassle of getting that shipped to somebody through all the eBay, with the eBay fees and the I mean, fee? Like, GameCube no, not games, really. GameCube games are worth tons of money. GameCube man. games, but sixty four games are worth a ton of money. Specific ones and you mostly sealed ones. Like you get a good price for almost any sealed GameCube game, no matter how common it was. Um, but an open copy of like you know. I'm trying to think of a dumb. I don't actually have a lot of uh, generic like, like you know, shovelware. Game, game, all my GameCube games are the games you can only get on GameCube. Well, the the funny part is some of the shovelware are the ones that are worth the most money because well, some of those are not. They didn't make very many. But I mean, like stuff that was multi-platform that like everybody yeah. has on all three systems. But I just don't have it. Colin McRae Rally, right? Stuff, stuff like, like that. that. Sleeping Turtle 3, thank you for Twitch Prime. But like, man. are you always going to be get, be able to get a good price in Eternal Darkness? Yeah, until they make it available somewhere else. Yeah. There's too many comments to get to here, um, but wow, you guys are passionate about this. Look, man, I ask you guys for comments all the time, and we never get this many. Yeah. Also, yeah, older physical PC games are more of a problem because they don't work anymore. Like the the installers don't load up anymore. Yeah. So I actually, it's funny. I ra- I was at a I was at a party this weekend, and I ran into one of the a guy who was an artist on uh, the Matrix Path of Neo. Mm. At she worked at, he worked at Shiny <laughs> for several years. And I told him the story of how uh, Dave Perry like specifically got me this a giant stack of Enter the Matrixes to, at the end of E3 so I could take them back on the plane with us to review them. And then we gave it a two out of five. <laughs> and he was apparently very upset by that. like Not like angry, but like just sort of hurt. Because like, he went the extra mile. Right. And thinking like, like, they'll be like, oh, this guy's awesome. Oh, and yeah, maybe yeah. give his no, game. Like, no, we just review the games yeah, for what they are, should, buddy. Should, should have gone the extra mile from the game when you're making it. Um, Real but, editorial has shattered many friendships, Matt. Yeah, but, let me tell you. Oh, yeah. But, but I learned. So I, so I was thinking about it because I bought. I told him, like, I just went and got a few a couple of, I think during the during the lockdown, I went and I got on eBay. I got a physical copy of Path of Neo because I wanted to play it again. And my Xbox wasn't loading my Xbox version for some reason. Yeah. So I got. I got a physical copy of the PC version and getting that thing to work to install 
I had to Google. I, it just would not load because it was not Windows, you know, right. XP. I don't or know how you got anymore. it to play. Like, it's just ridiculous. It's very hard <laughs> to get to work. Also, um, when I told because he wasn't there for Enter the Matrix, and he's like, he's like oh, uh, thank you for the low reviews on Enter the Matrix, actually, because Warner Brothers wouldn't give us Neo. No. A playable character in the in the first one, and the reason we got him for an, the second game is because the the first game was rated so low. Okay, and it was rated low because it didn't have him in it. Yeah, because like, who are these? That people? was mentioned in every review. Yeah, yeah. Why didn't? I, why am I not playing as Neo? <laughs> That's so, great. We did, we did we did a thing. Yeah, we, we, we <laughs> made change. <laughs> we mattered completely, <laughs> not on purpose. No, no. I'm gonna pan this yeah. so next time we play as Neo. It was not going through anyone's head. It was All just right. like what, who. Is is ghost and why am i playing him <laughs> uh we gotta move on uh to our last story for housekeeping i told you there weren't many in this week's episode uh the last thing we want to bring up before we get into the bulk of the show is dragon's dogma 2 um its developers yesterday or the day before claimed that people were asking them about fast travel in the game and it sounds as if maybe fast travel isn't all that prevalent in dragon's yeah, fast dogma travel in dragon's dogma 1 is very uncommon like there yeah. you can basically drop i think it was it arc stones or something yeah. like that you could drop like four fast travel points plus like this the towns and yeah. like, that was it yeah and well like, people brought that up and he got a little defensive about it and he said that like any game that has very easy fast travel or a lot of fast travel points that's because their world is boring and that our mm. world is not boring and that you won't want to fast travel because there's something to do every 50 feet. That is one thing I would say mm. about Hogwarts Legacy that really stood out for me was when you were out in the open world, there was stuff to do like every 100 yards or whatever. A lot mm. of games don't do that. I kind of, I don't really agree with that. On, I, I do. I, I think there, there is. I would just hop on my broom, I think there is fly the, 100 yards, land, no, do my business, jump up, fly 100 yards, land, do my business. Boring. Uh, the, well, you're never going to give that the, game a fair shake. No, I gave it a plenty fair shake. I just don't think it's as good as you do. And also, I think that's true the first time you go through the areas there. And then the second time, I never felt... I'm like, I'm not going to fight these fucking spiders again. Like, oh, yeah. Like, there is something to do, but most of it's just repetitive nonsense after you've done it the first time. Or unless you're trying to grind for a quest or whatever. I mean, but it's he's pretty much right. impossible to make I mean, look, I'm, not, I'm also not saying that, like, Dragon's Dogma 2 is going to have anything more than that. Right. Because that's more or less what Dragon Dog, uh, Dragon's Dogma 1 was. Yeah. It was like, okay, do you want to fight these same monsters again because that's what's going to respawn on that fucking mountain path on the way to the next thing yeah um now i understand what he's saying in the sense that like dragon especially the i mean i assume the second one's the same the drag part of the challenge of dragon's dogma one part of the thing it was trying to present to you was the idea that traveling at night is dangerous and so you have to kind of either plan your journey to get to where you're going before, before night falls nightfall, yeah. or be ready to fucking deal with it. Yeah. And so letting you fast travel everywhere kind of short circuits that. Mm -hmm. So it's part of the game that you need to be able to travel through areas pro properly. And that's, you know, once the night, and like I do appreciate that that game, that first game, when it's nighttime, it's nighttime. Yeah. Like it's dark. Like you got to pull the torches out. You can't see where you're fucking mm -hmm. going. And then that's going to attract creatures to you. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Um, so I don't disagree with him on that. Um, and like, it gave you a lot of freedom to place the stones where you wanted them to be, where you wanted to be able to fast travel yeah. to. So you could create a really efficient network to the, the main places you wanted to go. I never had an issue with the fast travel in that. It was just enough that it didn't get annoying. I don't think there's ever going to be an open world game that fills up the open world with relevant crap 100 it's just impossible no i mean it would take you like 20 years to make that I game mean, you could i mean again like make it you, a small open world there's no real empty sections of dragon's dogma one or hogwarts legacy or the witcher 3 but once you've done whatever's in that space 
you don't really have a reason you don't to want go to do back it again. to do it yeah. again. Well, like, a lot of times you just clear out like a manor yeah, or something, and it's just like a random. It's a random fight, or it's a random location that has a treasure chest somewhere, and you mm-hmm. open it, and now you like. The only reason to do that again would be to fight the enemies again, and it's like unless you're grinding for levels, why would you do What's that? The point, yeah. So and like, look, that's good enough. That's fine. Like you know, but yeah, you come comes a point where you want to jump place to place. Dragon's Dogma one was fine, especially once the Dark Arisen update added, a, I think, another stone or it gave you an extra one or two fast travel points to put down. Mm-hmm. Great, worked. Yeah, no problem. And and like, gave you control over it. Like, where is the point you absolutely do not want to have to walk through again? You get to choose. I'm gonna put a stone here. I'm never gonna walk through this one fucking wood section again. Being able to choose the yeah. points. Adds that mileage. a lot of it. Makes a yeah. big difference. If you're Most games, with, yeah. you can't choose. Well, if, you're, yeah. if they're going to not give you a lot of fast travel points and you're stuck with just the ones they picked, that's brutal. Annoying. Yeah. But they gave you like three or four ones you can just place yeah, yeah. down and And create. I think they're doing the same thing and with that's this That's great. One. Yeah. That's fine. But interesting perspective from a developer who's working on an open world game. That, I mean, it's a bold thing to say, but I also, I don't think he's wrong. Yeah. Like, that is why I, fa- I mean, I'm just saying, I can't really think of a game, an open world game where I don't fast travel because of that reason and i doubt his will be a huge exception but he's right that's why you fast travel like what's the point you know skyrim why do you jump from place to place you want to walk over the damn mountain again well i don't want to walk or sometimes i want to avoid like a difficult section of the world i mean there's reasons i mean i do that all the time when i'm you know elden ring i found plenty of excuses to fast travel (laughs) no problem but there are people who played elden ring are like i've never fast traveled because everything's so amazing right all right all right (laughs) good for you buddy glad you fought the same zombie soldier four thousand times but i got fucking things to do yep so anyway, if you're get, if you're primed for Dragon's Dogma 2, and that's coming pretty soon, just something to keep in mind. It's not going to be like your usual open world game where you can just, there's like a fast travel point every 300 yards. We're going to talk about a game here in a little bit where I was glad that there were fast travel points, by the way, Matt. <laughs> so it is, I think, on a game by game basis, but a lot of it does depend on what you fill up that open space with. And we'll see if Dragon's Dogma 2 really is kind of this cut above a lot of the other open world games that are out there the right now. The other thing in Dragon's Dogma 2 is you can avoid most of the enemies if you just run that's true like you, yeah you can get there you just got to be careful you got to know what you're you got to know what you're walking into yeah basically yep um which is cool like i said it's different you know it's not brainless yeah this would be what i give what i'd give the original game yeah hopefully they keep that alive in the new one we'll see it's coming up pretty soon all right we're done with housekeeping told you it's going to be shorter than usual and we're about to get into the bulk of the show but before we do that here's a word from our sponsor ls cream LS Cream is a fine cream liqueur created by fellow gamer and sifter Stevens Charles. It's inspired by an ancestral recipe from Haiti called Cray Mass and a double gold winner for its original taste at the New York Wine and Spirit International Competition. LS Cream can be enjoyed on the rocks or as a mixer for drinks with its rich blend of fresh cream and neutral grain spirits with notes of coconut, vanilla, cinnamon, and nutmeg. It's great in coffee or to make espresso martinis. To learn more, discover amazing drink recipes, or to track down your own bottle using a handy store locator, head to creamls.com sifted. That's creamls.com sifted. That's right, people. It's Cray Mass time right here on GameFace on sifted.net. However, head to creamls.com sifted 
And there you can find how to get LS cream no matter where you live. Well, unless you're in Pennsylvania, in which case you're going to need to get it shipped to you. Uh, but everywhere else, you can find store locators where you can go and pick it up. Or you can just find places where you can buy it online and have it delivered to you. Again, it is an incredibly versatile liqueur. I like it in so many different situations. It is wintertime. It's great with mixed drinks. Put a little bit of it in with your hot cocoa or your hot chocolate, and it is absolutely delicious. So again, go to creamls.com slash sifted and check it out. And I'm going to do a quick plug, too. Yep. For, um, this is a book called, you, it's a graphic novel, You Wish. And my friend... For Jeff, kids, right? Uh, younger. Yeah, like 10-ish. Okay. I would say. I mean, Tweens? Every, I mean, it's for everyone, but like I think the, the people who most enjoy it be in the tween area. Okay. Um, but it's called You Wish. It's by my friend Jeff Victor. He wrote and drew the whole thing. Um, and uh, I believe they're working on some more. He's got a sequel coming. He's, it's a trilogy, planned trilogy, so he's drawing the sequel right now. Um, but it's really nice. It's a charming kind of like, you know, little like, you know, youth adventure kind of thing. If you got kids and that yeah, what's kind it of, about? It's about a girl who finds a uh, accidentally finds a genie. And um, but it's a little more than that. Like she's kind of the genie in a weird way. How I, many wishes does she get? Oh, it's not. I'm not getting into that. Oh, OK. Like, spoilers. OK. Um, but it's like a little adventure she ends up on as a result of it. Open and, it up and show him some of the art on the inside. And it's uh He's a very good artist. He does he does kind of uh, uh, he does a lot of fantasy and a lot of like he he has a whole he has already has a couple art books out that are like almost like Funko Pop style his old art style. I mean that art looks Funko yeah. Pop ish. He's yeah. a designer for them yeah. as well. So <laughs> not a surprise. Um, but he being before that he would do these like kind of cute like, versions of pop culture things and like he'd do like a like a, a, a lineup of like. Spider-Man through the years of all his different costumes, oh, and, or like, cool. or like uh, all the different Hulks, or all uh -huh. the different, all the different, you know, Anakin Skywalker from child to Vader to, and you know, the Ghost Force Ghost kind of thing. That's yep. the kind of thing he do. He has whole books of that, at least two of them, I think. I have them downstairs. But he does a really good job with it. Um, he's a good dude. And, called You uh, Wish. Called You Wish. It's on Amazon. It's pretty much everywhere. And it's, a, it's out now? Um, it's out now. It came out uh, like two weeks ago. Cool. So uh, I encourage you to go check it out. Yeah. Um, I think for a lot of people, maybe trying to find something mm -hmm. that the parents can enjoy reading alongside their tween might be something that you can connect on. Yeah, that is it. Uh, you Wish, again. Don't, not to be confused with the Disney film Wish, <laughs> which uh, was a search search engine optimization issue for him. <laughs> but here we are. He called it that years before that was even announced. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's, it's his big pet project awesome he just did a signing and all this stuff so it's going pretty well cool try to help out our friends whenever we can here on game face and with that it's time to get yeah. on to and also look for his art books on amazon if you look at there jeff victor jeff victor yeah okay all right let's get on with the bulk of game face 373 we're going to kick things off today with our look at the last of us part to remaster now matt you have not had a chance to play it you paid for it no i got it and i downloaded it all 80 whatever gigs of it and i never just never got back to the ps5 yeah so if first of all if you own the playstation 4 version of the last of us part 2 you can get it for 10 bucks it's just a 10 dollar upgrade and then it's only 60 dollars, i believe if you buy it outright i don't think it's a full 70 dollar game for yeah, ps5 I, remember. I think it's 10 bucks cheaper than normal um, but the other thing, too, is like I have the physical version of The Last of Us Part Two. It was a little confusing. So just pro tip here very quickly. Um, you have to have when you first see if I remember this correctly. When you first buy it and go to try to download it, you need the install disk in your PS5. And then once it goes through that process, you pay for it. 
and it's like okay you own it now and it downloads it to play it then you have to insert the play disc into your playstation 5 your playstation 4 play disc and that is the handshake that lets you play the game so just a couple things to keep in mind if you're going to upgrade and that's how i did it um now let's talk about the actual game uh i guess the first thing i would say is that I got pretty much everything I needed out of this in pretty short order. Now it is 10 bucks and I don't feel like I was ripped off or I didn't get what I paid for. In fact, you know, even the amount of time that I spent with it was worth the $10 that I, that I spent. So I'm not saying like I felt like it was a rip off or I felt like, you know, I got jobbed on it, but I did not get a lot of playtime out of it. As far as the content that is in the game, the biggest piece of content is what you're seeing right now. This is called No Return. And it's basically just a horde mode that you play through. And you can see there that cork board, you can kind of choose your path a little bit, like which way you want to go. However, all each mission is randomly generated as far as like the placement of objects, power-ups, the types of enemies that are going to be in each one, where they are, how aggressive they are, how many there are in each wave. All that stuff is basically randomly generated by the game. So there's no, like you can't read a strategy guide to get through this. Like you just have to get good at it. And the first thing I would say is that it, the, it is hard, man. It is hard as balls. The first three times I died within like 20 or 30 seconds. I just like, first of all, it took me a while to remember the controls. I had completely forgotten because it does have kind of goofy controls mm -hmm. if you compare it to other sort of third person action games. So the first couple of rounds, I was just like figuring out the controls again. And then the third one, I had figured them out and still got my ass kicked. Then I started figuring it out, like figuring out that like the first thing you should do is try to go make sure you grab enough bullets or you get enough supplies. Because the other thing about this is it has all the other elements of The Last of Us Part Two in it. So it has all the crafting, like the live crafting in your menus, as far as crafting like Molotov cocktails and other things that you want for your inventory. After you, and I did eventually get good enough at it that I started like winning and finishing rounds. And how it works is after you finish a round, tons of stuff unlocks, like new modes will unlock, new playable characters will, will unlock. When you first start, you only have a choice between the two girls. And then as you play and complete, then all the other characters start to unlock. And it really does run the gamut. I think there's like 13 or 14 different characters from the game that you can ultimately, can ultimately unlock. And you also, so it, in between each mission, you go back to that room that has the cork board, and there's also a gunsmith table there. And if you so if you complete a mission, you go back to that cork board room, there's always like a, a case on the floor. And you open that case, and it gives you a bunch of stuff for completing the prior mission. And once you do that, you have enough parts to then go and upgrade your gun. And usually you'll only upgrade like one thing. If like you have the pistol, you're like, okay, I'm gonna re uh, I'm gonna upgrade the reload speed. And then you go and you play the next one with that upgraded gun. But you die once, it's all over. Everything gets wiped out, and you got to start all over again. And again, while the maps are the same. Everything else is different. So I ended up playing on this map like four different times, but every time the enemies that were in the map were different, how aggressive they, they are was different. Um, whether it was like infected or humans was different. Sometimes you get you spawn and all the enemies are infected instead of the humans. So it really keeps you on your toes. The enemies are very aggressive. They come looking for you. Um, you don't have to like look for them. They'll come and find you. However, as you just saw in this clip, they're still not the smartest bunch. Like. You can hide around an object and just kind of creep up behind them and execute them. And that's when I started doing that. That's when I started making it through the missions. And I would just argue, like, try to use your gun as little as possible in these. 
Um, you can use it, and I have wiped out waves before with just using my gun. But the thing is, you use your gun, everybody else comes running. And so you can't take them on one at a time. And as you know, if you played the campaign of The Last of Us Part Two, when you get into trouble is when there's like three or four of them around you, it gets hard to wrangle. So the key to this really is try to use stealth kills as much as you possibly can. Only pull out the gun when it's a last resort. When they see you or there's more than one, they start rushing you. Um, one thing that I didn't like about this is that when I first started playing, I would start looking for the enemies with good guns. I was like, oh, that woman has a shotgun or that dude has a rifle. All I have is a pistol. So I would like seek them out and try to kill them. And finally, when I did, I found out you can't pick up their guns off the ground. Hmm. You can pick up bullets from that was in their gun off the ground, but you can't pick up their rifle or their shotgun and just start using it. You have to earn it. Um, also, in the corkboard room, um, in between rounds, you can buy new weapons as well. So that's why they don't let you just pick them up because it's all tied into the currency that you get when you win each round, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I had fun with this. It is very hard. I saw somebody else in chat was like, it's really hard. Digital reflux says it's kicking my ass. Um, and I'm playing on moderate. <laughs> and it is still hard on moderate. Um, it looks like everybody's agreeing that it's really hard. Yeah, looking in chat I mean, here. It's a hard, the combat, in the, I mean, it's, it's detailed and there's a lot you can do in it, but it is unforgiving, especially once you really put them up against, you know, Especially if you're trying to play it like Uncharted, that's, right? You know that's the trap. Is uh, never think you're powerful enough to take everything on because you never are. I see some people saying in chat too that the controls are clunky. I, I think maybe you may say that if you didn't play the base game. I mean, I would probably say that now, having not played the base game in t three years. Yeah, maybe a like, little it's, bit. It's just different. Like yeah, you said, like you'll see here. For example, I'm hiding behind the wall. It let me stealth kill them through the wall. Did yeah. you see that? Mm -hmm. I just like skirted around the doorway and snatched them up like and again that's why I say like try to use stealth kills as much as possible in this or melee kills because they don't make as much noise mm -hmm. at all as, as using a gun using a gun in this they come running although you just saw there in that little section that I had three or four come at me and I dealt with them so you can like once you start to get good at it and you get used to it you can start dealing with like more than like one or two guys coming after you but it's still not easy like you have to land a couple crazy shots here and there with your guns and maybe get a little bit lucky here and there but you can do it so and as you can see you also can heal yourself you pick up bandages and right out in the field you just wrap it up and you can increase your health it's all about managing all of that stuff basically like managing your bandages with how many bullets you have like it's a survival horror game in a lot of ways in that like you don't get very many bullets like when you kill someone who has a gun you get like two so you definitely have to make sure that you're using your um, your ammo intelligently and you're not just going all willy-nilly, just basically emptying your guns because that's how you fail, basically. You can see I completed that one. And so sometimes a wave or a, a mission will be like three waves and there's like five, per, five enemies in each wave. Sometimes, though, it's just one wave of like seven dudes. Again, it's all completely random. Like when I finally beat a, a mission, I was like, oh, God. I got to do this again. And then the next mission took me like 20 seconds to beat. Like it, you just don't know how the algorithm is going to spit the stuff out in a lot of ways. So that's the bulk really. And here you can see what, what you get when you finish a match. You get a bunch of points and a bunch of stuff that you can use in the corkboard room to upgrade your weapons or to upgrade you. Um, and that's pretty much how it works. And I don't know, Matt, I played this for... 40 minutes or so when it was all said and done and i kind of it was already kind of done with it by the time that 40 minutes wrapped up uh, 
I've been playing horde modes for a really long time. And while this is set in The Last of Us Part 2, and I will agree with some of y'all that it can feel a little bit clunky at times. Yeah. Although at the same time, they really expanded what the combat can do and how, you know, and how it all works, the interactions with the enemies and stuff in this one. And it's nice to have a, a mode that just sort of highlights that without having to play through the That's campaign true. stuff. Yep. You know, it's like... It's nice if you just want to like a little fix of like being creative and how to shoot people's knees out. You can just go do that. Yeah, it's true. And I would say this too. It's a good like combat training tool for sure. Mm -hmm. Like if you want to get good at the combat before you jump into the main campaign so you can hit the ground running, this is a good way to do it for sure. Um, Now, obviously one thing that I've glossed over and I didn't mention is that the whole game has been redone. The graphics are better. Not shockingly yeah, better. Yeah, you kind of got to know what you're looking at. Yeah. But, it, I mean, the ray tracing is, I mean, the lighting, and mainly it's the lighting. Yeah. Like, well, you, you can, can see in the puddle there in the one yeah. shot. You can see the reflections in the puddle. So, there's some stuff going on that wasn't happening in the PlayStation 4 game, but the PlayStation yeah, 4 game little, is still amazing oh, it still looking. Looks great. And it's, it's just it's just got a little bit more sheen and to gloss it. It's a little to more it. of a polish on yeah. it. Um, is that worth, you know, it's like, oh, it's your, well, it's 10 bucks. Right. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it costs like nothing. This mode plus the cut the, the cut content plus a, a little coat of paint over the main game yeah. great it's 10 bucks for 10 sure. bucks if you've already had it. i mean look that's if you like want to play if you want to play this you should definitely play this version first that's how much a coffee costs this yeah yeah i know <laughs> but yet it's hard to get people to pay four dollars a month to watch our content matt true <laughs> i mean it's it's kind of crazy but that's just the way it is people well, will maybe sit. if we maybe if we injected them with caffeine when we went live yeah i mean you know it does blow my mind that people are like you know what i'll watch an ad every 10 minutes to get game face for free instead of just paying four dollars at our patreon it's like you know if you're a patron you don't have to watch any ads they're all ad free for the first like five days or what but anyway um so you may have noticed also on this run i had an ally yeah lev was over there yeah with the bow and that's just random like you you there'll be a little icon next to the thing but you don't know that that's going to be there until you've already chosen the mission prior so once you've chosen and finished the mission prior then it shows you the little icon that says hey you're going to have a cooperative partner in this um what i found is that they won't kill anyone but they will distract them and in this that is worth a million bucks man if you sh- they'll shoot them with the arrow and it just staggers them for like four four seconds or something like that. That's enough for you to kind of run around behind them and do what I just did right there. Pack them basically with one of your melee weapons. So I had fun with this. I wouldn't say it's one of my one of the more fun horde modes I've played, mostly because like you can't play it with other people. It like, is a little odd that there's no co-op. Like my favorite horde modes are when it's like four of you together, and it's just like like Gears of War's horde modes, which you know one of the games that really mm-hmm. started the phenomena. At the same time, like the stealth and the kind of how you approach and how you control the flow of like where enemies go, just in terms of how combat works in this game, is so particular that I don't know if I'd want to try to coordinate with other people. You could, but you could use them to like flush people out, right? Yeah, but like that doesn't really feel very cooperative. Yeah, <laughs> well, it is. I like, mean, okay, they're flushing them out. Be an idiot, and I'll take advantage <laughs> of that. I mean, that's more of a Resident Evil thing. Yeah, kinda. Um, look, I did have fun with this. Not as much fun as I thought I was gonna have. I'll say that. Um, but I, I played it for like an hour, and I was like, okay, I'm good. I get it. Like I had already seen yeah. all the locations at that point. It and- seems like it's if you really enjoy the combat in this game. It's a good way to highlight that. Yep. But it's like in terms of horde modes, there's better options. In terms of co-op, there's better options. In terms of like a roguelike, probably the 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 God of, God of War DLC is a little better at that part of it. Oh, the, um, oh, by the yeah, God of War way better than this. Yeah. By the way, 
And, Gotta Wars uh, DLC, that extra that they just released, is way better than this. And if you sure. want to do really, you want to do the roguelike thing appeals, you go go get Returnal. Yeah, which is superior as far as a roguelike in pretty much every way. Yeah, in terms of pulling that aspect off, yep. definitely. But like this is definitely for people who like, you know, Last of Us 2's combat and want to focus on that. Yep. Um, and then, so this is the bulk of the content. Like, you could probably play this for days and days if you really wanted to make it all the way to the end of the cork board. Again, don't forget, you die once, you go all the way back to mission one again. You have to make it through all of those cork board missions in one run. And also, I would add, you can't save, which I found to be annoying. Mm. So I was like, oh, I got to go do something, but I was recording. And I couldn't save it, so I just kept playing. I was like, oh, I guess I'm not going to be able to do this other thing that I needed to do. So that was kind of annoying, I thought, that you couldn't save like mid-run. But I think that's also pretty typical of games like this. So I'm probably asking for something that was just wasn't going to happen. That is actually a little unusual. Yeah. Like, obviously not saving in the middle of a mission, mm-hmm. but having to do that whole corkboard in one run yeah. with no saving. One, sit- the, like, one, one seat- sitting. Sitting, that's, yeah. That's, I bet they'll change that. Yeah. It doesn't, like I said, some of the missions only take like 30 or 40 seconds. Mm. But you just don't know. Until you start. There's still no reason not to let people save between No, I agree. Missions. Yeah. In 2024, it should happen. Totally. Um, so that is the bulk of the new content in The Last of Us Part Two Remastered. But there's other stuff, too. There's a guitar free play mode where you can just sit and play the guitar as long as you want. <laughs> Which is kind of nice. Yeah, again, it's, you don't have to play through the campaign and yeah. leave a save right where you do the guitar thing. Because that is, yeah, they spend a lot of time on that. And there's people who play whole songs on it. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Um, and then there's a there's behind the scenes making of clips that you can watch. Um, it's like a little mini documentary about the making of The Last of Us Part Two, and then the final big component of The Last of Us Part Two Remastered are the lost levels. So I'm just going to jump ahead in the B-roll here, so you guys can see it as I'm talking about it. Um, sorry. Okay, so there are three lost levels, and. I think the longest one probably took me 15 minutes. So one of them is, and these are just levels that they built for the game that they ended up cutting out of the final game. And I'll say, say this, I can see why they were cut. Um, one of the, the longest one is a mission where you're in the sewers in Seattle and it starts right here. You see it, you start with like this fight with one of the infected. Eventually they burst you through the window. You guys both fall into this crazy raging sewer and you get swept underground, basically. And then it's your job to find your way out of the sewer back out into open air. And it's just basically a series of like climbing or crawling through two sewer tubes and climbing up ladders and all that kind of stuff. It's not when this mission first started and when you're seeing this stuff now, I was like, how could you cut this? Like, this is incredible. Like most developers would love that. And then you start playing the mission. And you're like, this is actually really boring. (laughs) But the cool thing about it is as you play these lost levels, there are little icons scattered around the levels. And you can turn them on or off if you want to. But I turned it on so I could check it out. And there's these little icons that you can enact that will start giving you developer commentary based around that very specific location in the level. So, and it's kind of cool. Like, if you haven't talked to a lot of game developers in your life, like Matt and I have, who we've both have interviewed just hundreds and hundreds of game developers as they're working on games, if you haven't done that, this is great insight into how they build levels and the thinking behind a lot of the decisions that they make. For example, there's one section in this level where you, there's a ladder, and it looks like you're going to be able to climb up and get out of the sewers, but you go over the ladder, you climb halfway up, 
and the ladder's broken. And they explain why they do stuff like this, why they gave you the false hope. But if you, they're like, if you look all the way to the top of the ladder, you can see daylight, which lets you know that you're actually only about 40 feet away from getting out the sunlight. But at the same time, you're going to have to find another way to get there. So it's very fascinating. If you've ever been interested in game development and how it works and how developers think about building levels and why they do the things that they do, the commentary in this is absolutely incredible. And it happens for all three of the Lost Missions. Um, Another one of the Lost Missions. Literally, all you do is run to an old, decrepit gas station. Inside the gas station, there's a boar, and you fight the boar in the gas station. And that's it. And that literally, I think it took me like seven minutes to finish that. And I was like, I, I don't know why they cut that, honestly, because it wasn't actually really a mission. It was just like this little thing where you just fight a boar in these tight confines inside a gas station. And then the third one is what you're seeing right now, which is just the opening part of the game with the big like festival that's going on. You can walk around the festival and there's a bunch of like carnival games you can play. There's like... You know, there's like throw the softball at the jugs. There's like the slam the hammer and ring the bell. All that kind of carnival stuff that you would expect. Um, And you just wander around this environment that you're seeing right now and talk to people and just check out all the attractions. And I'm not sure why they cut this either, honestly. I imagine because like the, the game, I think the opening of the game is about exactly as long as it should be. I don't think you needed more wandering around. Yeah. In the, in the town. I think you get what you need from that initial dance scene and that op- the opening patrol. and. Well, they said the reason that. that they built this was to show you that Ellie has been there for a while mm. and that she's built relationships and that these people know her very well. I think you get that already. Yeah. Like, I, I understand why you don't really feel like you really need this. And it, especially early on, like, you, you know, as they say, you the first sentence of the novel needs to gr- grab your attention and mm-hmm. now let you go, like, this, this isn't the way to do that. Yeah. Um, there's no drama here. There is drama in the party scene that is in the main game. Yep. Um, but overall, the lost missions, the three missions, it probably took me a grand total of 25 minutes to complete all three of them. So there's not a lot of content there. And the missions also, I should add, they're kind of broken. It's kind of cool, actually, that Naughty Dog was brave enough to put this stuff out here. After what's happened with like the Grand Theft Auto 6 leaks, where people are like, oh my god, the game looks horrible, because people don't know how game development works. They're brave here, man. Like some of the cutscenes are gone and they'll just have like placeholder like discussions. Like the one shot of her drinking the liquor before she goes to the party, like the bottle doesn't even line up with her mouth. Like they've really just been like, hey, this is as far as we got on this stuff. We're not going to work on it anymore, but we're going to put it in here for you guys to check out. To me, especially coming from Naughty Dog, that's really brave. Um, So that part was kind of cool, but generally I spent between... No return and the lost levels and then watching some of the making of stuff. I think I spent like maybe two hours total with The Last of Us Part 2 Remastered. Now, keep in mind, obviously, that I've already finished the uh, the base game. I already finished the campaign. So for me, I got like two hours of play out of it for 10 bucks. I think that's all right. I don't see myself going back to it. But the other part, too, is if you haven't played The Last of Us Part 2, this is easily the best version to buy. So I guess if you haven't... I guess I would recommend buy it either way. Like, if you haven't played The Last of Us Part Two, go buy it. I don't know what you're waiting for. It's an amazing game, although very heavy. Be ready. Um, and if if you have already played it, this is worth the 10 bucks to go back and just... It was kind of cool to go back and interact mm-hmm. with these people again and play with Ellie again. Um, and so there's a little bit of a nostalgia kick there, even though it's only been a few years since the game was released. Um, I would say that maybe I'm a little bit disappointed in the remaster 
aspects of the game. But yeah, I mean, there wasn't much else you could really do with yeah. it. Yeah. I thought there might be a little bit of a bigger jump, but it still looks amazing. The game looked amazing, amazing on PS4. So yeah, it's not going to be like with Last of Us One, where you know they basically rebuilt right. a lot of yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, that was a much bigger leap. Yeah, for sure. you didn't need to. Yeah, um, but I look, I did enjoy my time with it. I also, you know, with my game of the year, the year it came out. So you know, going back and playing a little bit more of one of my game of the years always cool with me. Um, but yeah, that's basically what you're getting for your ten bucks if you're upgrading. And again, the base game is cheaper. It's not seventy bucks. Um, this game is amazing. Matt and I, it was your game of the year that year, too. Um, so, yeah, definitely worth checking it out if you haven't played it before. And if you have already played it for 10 bucks, why not? That's how I see it. Any questions, Matt, or anything about it? No. Yeah. Uh, let me take a quick look at chat and see if you guys have any questions. I was annoyed the documentary wasn't there. Yeah, I mean, it's just web, basically. It's like, I mean, that's kind of how they do it, though. Um, I played it already. I'm good. Yeah, I mean, look, there's no. I mean, again, for ten bucks. Yeah, the only reason to hold off on this, I say, is if you you want the PC version. Yeah. And like PC version, you'll pay full price, but it'll probably come with all this stuff in it. Yeah. Um, Silkshank says that wasn't the opening. This took place near the end. I guess he's talking about that the festival. Yeah, I guess it's a flashback. He says. Yeah. From later in the game. I mean, I don't remember going back to that setting later in the game. Well, Do you? They cut it. Right. But why would he say that that was later in the game then? Because they say it was, I guess they, I haven't seen it, but I guess he, they must say that it takes, it, they were going to have that be a flashback that happened closer to the end of the game. Oh, okay. But it's not happening later in the game is what I'm getting at. Chronologically in universe, no, it's from the, the, it happened early the same in the night game. as the, where she kisses right. uh, Dina. Her first kiss with Dina. Right. But yeah, because the, they explain in, that when you're But walking. in the game, it would happen late in the game. If they had used that, they would yeah. have had the flashback happen later mm-hmm. in the game. Gotcha. Okay. Yep. So there you go. That's The Last of Us Part 2 Remastered. Next up, we're going to talk about the hottest game in the industry by many magnitudes. And that is Pal World. Uh, people were describing it for the last two months as Pokemon with guns. Um, I have to admit, I've played the game now for about eight hours, and I still haven't got a gun. So, well, I have one. But it's not like that's what this game is all about. And getting the guns in this is really convoluted. Um, Matt, you have played this. Yeah. And I think maybe if you had to create a boilerplate statement on what this game is, it's like Pokemon crossed with like a survival sim. Yeah, I would argue it's it's a survival sim with Pokemon stuck in it. Like How much have you played? couple hours yeah as you play more you'll see that that's not really the case like to make progress in this to level up you have to catch pokemon oh i know but like like a lot of them like 10 of each kind right but like it's all in service of upgrading yourself to the point of like building more shit like it's like i have to craft stuff often enough that i'm not i don't feel like i'm playing a pokemon game i feel like i'm playing a crafting game crafting survival game that is selling itself on you know barely disguised pokemon well the first couple hours are like that because you have to they have to introduce all the mechanics you have to build your first base once you build your first base though it's really not that way it's the bulk of your time is out hunting pokemon because again like to get what happens so that i don't have to keep crafting pokeballs forever you, you're gonna have to craft pokeballs the whole time, because and that, and that was the most you're, no, you're right. That, that was uh, that was my my biggest complaint about this game is having to craft the pokeballs, um, because they ask you to catch ten of each kind because it gives mm-hmm. you like these XP bonuses, um, and so it's basically it's pushing you the whole time. Every t- every Pokemon catch at least ten of them. Um, 
So you're right. When you first start, it's like just a basically a two hour long tutorial that teaches you like the basics of setting up your bench. And then it walks you through setting up your first base. And it teaches you how the pals, which are the Pokemon, you, as you're seeing right here, perfect timing, how you need them at your base to help you do stuff. So they become like your employees kind of at the base. Um, there's an interface that you that you go into and you assign Pokemon to your base to accomplish specific things. And once you do that, you also have to give them beds because if you don't give them beds, they become, become unhappy. You also have to keep feeding them. So eventually you get the ability to farm. And Pokemon, eat, or the pals, not the Pokemon, the pals all have unique abilities. You, like you go deep into their menus and you can see that each one of them has like a special rating. And you need to look at those special ratings on each of the pals to figure out what their job is, so to speak. So for example, you can start farming at your base and you can do it yourself and you can stand there and water for forever or whatever, or you can sign one of the pals to do it. But you need to check and make sure that that pal has the little water icon that will tell you that he's able to water stuff. Likewise, there are other abilities that these guys have. Like, for example, the some of the pals have a fire icon, which means that you can use them as a flamethrower eventually in the game. Um, and the way the guns work in this, and the reason why you don't get guns for a really long time, is because the guns are actually the pals. And each pal has a set of conditions that you need to satisfy before they can then be used as a weapon, meaning like hold them as like a flamethrower or a grenade launcher or a rocket launcher or a machine gun or whatever. Um, and it took me a long time to figure out that, that I needed to satisfy conditions for specific pals before I could then use those pals as weapons. Um, and so it does take quite a while before this actually turns into Pokemon with guns, so to speak. Now, once that happens, it does change the game. Now, capturing pals in this, again, very much like the last couple Pokemon games that were set in an open world, like uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus. You go out in the open world, you have free reign to go wherever the hell you want. You're basically fighting the, the creatures in real time. And when you weaken, weaken them enough, you throw out a Pokeball and you capture them. And it's so in that way, it's pretty much identical to Pokemon. Um, it's particularly the last couple Pokemon games that are now set in open world and give you a lot more freedom than they used to. Uh, sort of. The fact that this is in real time makes it feel very different from everything except Arceus, I would say. Like, um, just because the combat's in real time. Like, you know, nothing stops to make any yeah. of that happen. You, know, you, you, you have to throw the ball accurately. And like, you can miss it. Yeah. yeah it's, not like you, it's not like, you know, the last po mainline Pokemon game where you pick a option to throw the ball and it happens no automatically what. yeah you have to throw the ball and target yeah. the pal with the ball if it doesn't hit him it'll fly past him and it's lost and to matt's point earlier you have to this is easily the worst part of this game that could be so easily fixed is that you have to craft all the pokeballs mm -hmm. like you will find a couple here or there laying around on the ground but when you have to capture 10 of each type of pal it gets, it's annoying to craft all that stuff. Now, eventually you get to the point where like if you have the right tools and you've crafted the right tools, you can gather resources a lot more quickly and you can gather enough resources so that when you go back to your bench, you can craft like 10 or 15 of the balls at once and you can go out and get your 10 of each type and then come back or whatever and craft some more. Mm -hmm. It's still annoying. I agree with you. It is the part of the game that annoys me the most out of any element of the game. Um, but Matt, the first thing I would just say generally about this is that it shocked the living crap out of me the quality of this game now it's not 
overly cinematic. There's not a bunch of crazy cinemas and there's not like a crazy story. Like you basically just wake up on this island and there's a bunch of monsters looking at you. Yeah, and it really feels like a cutscene's missing. Yeah, it does. Like it just starts. The whole game's kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like a lot of it the It is a lot but I mean people I've seen people like saying it's like an asset flip. It's a, it's not no. it's, it plays better than that. Yeah, yeah, for it's, sure. Like the plagiarism issue is a whole separate thing, but this it, you, this is fine. This like in terms of how you plays and how finished it feels. It's it's I played early access stuff that feels way less polished. Well, honestly, the more I played it, the more I shocked I became by it because it it just starts mm-hmm. piling on the systems yeah. like well, yeah, and they, they've stolen all those systems from other games, but they still put them all together in a kind of a unique way. Yeah. Um, it doesn't really do much for me in the sense that like it's all the systems it does that with are systems I don't particularly like. Like yeah, like the survival elements really kill this thing. I don't. Like, you guys I know Matt and I like both it. hate survival games. Um, yeah, like the idea. I mean, look. I mean, the fact fact that this thing has sold like six million copies in four days or something. All, that just speaks to how desperate the Pokemon audience is for something that feels like it was made in the last 15 years. That feels like it's pushing um, the boundaries a little bit. Anything. Like, yeah. I mean, this is, I mean, look, I don't like survival stuff, but this is an, uh, this is a valid direction to take the Pokemon franchise yeah. if you wanted to. Yeah. Like, you could absolutely do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would be, well, I don't know if I would be okay with that. I wouldn't want I don't that, want to build bases. But, like, I'm, but also, like, <laughs> it's not, it's not a bad idea. You know, especially because this is a big trend right now. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, I don't like it, but it's, you know, I don't like Minecraft either. What the hell do I know? You know, it, it's crafting is a whole generation uh, grew up on crafting. That's what things should be to them. Um, yeah, but, I mean, it's the Minecraft generation, basically. Yeah. The issue is basically, you know, it really is starting to look like they stole some actual character models from the Pokemon games. I mean, um, it looks like Pokemon, man. People, I mean, it does. But it also, really does. So does Digimon, and so does all these. You know, there's a lot of stuff. This that game looks like, more egregiously, I believe. The as far as the monster designs there in are particular, that look a lot. But like, as I said, they, people have been digging out the. Um, the, the character models for the monsters and realizing that they line up with Pokemon character models to like the polygon. Like, oh, geez. Like, and that doesn't happen by coincidence. Accidentally. Like that, yeah. you, they, you, there's a th- few things in here that seems pretty open yeah. and shut case. They took the model from the Pokemon game and just stuck it in their game. Yeah. Um, which is going to I mean, look, the one thing I will say is like, first off, you shouldn't be using an axe on stone. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> but like, the, the arguments over this thing over the, over the week weekend it's, it's like look if there's a problem here that can be legally actioned upon nintendo will handle it I no. pro- you know the, the multi-billion don't dollar worry national, about that multi-billion dollar <laughs> national corporation does not need you to to, to stand for them on twitter yeah You're, it's they'll fine. figure it out yeah play it or don't but like you don't need to go to war over uh perceived plagiarism of pokemon stuff yeah it's not your problem yep and, you're, um, and here's the other thing, too, is that, like, you are leveling so much stuff in this game. So you're leveling yourself, and you have, I think, five or six different attributes. Actually, perfect mm-hmm. timing right now. See, over on the right-hand side there, well, it's perfect timing. I'm leveling up right now. I have two points. Those are all the attributes you have. So there's three, there's six that you can level up. And you can do those on your own manually. When you level up, you get one point every time you level up. Also, every time you level up, though, you get these other points that let you go to the building menu and unlock new things to build. And once you do that, then you go and you build them where you want. Some of the stuff, Matt, can take like two minutes to build. 
mm-hmm. where you're just sitting there with yeah. that animation oh, over and oh, over you can get and help from the from the pals well, we'll well eventually you're faster. right so eventually you assign pals to your base and when you start working on stuff they jump in and help you build it and it cuts down the building time drastically mm-hmm. Uh, Nolan Bozo's own saying there's no way they're risking their game by directly ripping a model. And yet, that does seem to be what they did. It appears that um, they did in a couple cases. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple people I've seen Twitter threads like where I, a couple of the, 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 the heads in particular are matching up you know, directly. Um, and uh, I saw a guy who's basically he's a, he's a character art, character model team lead. And he's like, when I interview people, I have them try to match one of our character models uh, you know, and and kind of make one of our characters. Basically, he's like, I in two hundred like interviews, I've never seen two people two people just even just by coincidence make something that looks so close. That's so close. <laughs> like he's like, I don't know how you get that close without just taking the model out of the. Wow. Yeah. So um, there's definitely going to be. Um, I, uh, because the thing is, like everyone's like, how come Nintendo didn't stop it? Because I really don't think you had a. I mean, obviously it's taking the pokemon aesthetic but like the thing about that is you really if you want to prove that in court and i, I assume it's similar in japan not necessarily i don't know uh how that differs from here but like not only do you need to prove that they are stealing your your look and your concept and your characters or whatever but you need to prove that part of the intention is to confuse the consumer and make them think they're buying your product make them think you're buying a pokemon game basically yeah. And the pre-release hype and art for this was all Pokemon with guns, which, while they do look like they were very, you know, mishmashed, like, it looks like someone who's pulled a slot machine lever and just mixed up Pokemon parts. Yeah. But no one's going to confuse, you know, the the Totoro with Electabuzz colors holding two giant machine guns as official Pokemon right. and stuff, you know. But if, Once they've, you start actually, playing the game. if they've actually <laughs> taken assets from Nintendo stuff, now you're in, now yeah. you're in deep trouble. Um, we'll see what how that unfolds. I'm sure Nintendo's legal department is on it. Oh, they are on it. Um, no, no doubt about but, it. <laughs> actually, the guy. There were comments today, uh, or maybe yesterday, from the guy who headed up the legal the, the legal team for the Pokemon company from like for like almost 20 years. And he's like, I don't understand why it didn't get stopped in its Already, track before yeah. it was even put out. He's yeah. like, they must have had a reason for it, but I guarantee you there will be something that's going to happen here. Yeah, I wouldn't um, be surprised. So we'll see. And there's also the issue that, like, you know, this is a company that has used uh, generative AI for their previous projects. They don't seem to... Then The thing about it is everyone seems to assume that they used it for this. That's a reasonable assumption, but they've also bragged about using it for all their previous projects, but haven't for this one. So I'm not sure if that means they didn't. Yeah, use why it on would this. they not be honest about or, this game? Yeah. yeah, well, maybe because they saw public sentiment is turning against the uh, idea of that, um, or maybe because it makes it more likely that they just recycle assets from Pokemon <laughs> shit. Because um, that's another way that could yeah. have happened is if AI was being trained on existing stuff and they just like recreated it to the exact parameter because that's what AI algorithms do. Yep. Um, that could have been how that happened too. So I'm sure we will find out in one way or another yep um but in in the end play it or don't like it's not up to you to fight nintendo's legal battles for they they're more than capable of doing that as we all know (laughs) so you can level yourself up you can also level up your base if you level up your base enough then you can start building other bases so i Mm -hmm. think it was like level Maybe like level seventeen of my base or something. It gave me the option to build another yeah, one. Yeah, I never, I never got to that. Yeah, I, I, every level gets you to. You can put more 
pals out in your base, but yeah. I never got to the point where I could have two bases and I didn't play long enough. Well, the thing too is, as you as you level up, your I don't base, like this game. Very yeah, much. <laughs> I really need to emphasize, like, as someone who doesn't like survival stuff and crafting stuff, this ain't gonna change your mind. Yeah, this this won't put you over the no. top to it's make a, you like it. It's somewhat. actually one of the more accessible ones I've it played, is. but it's still, but still, I still don't. I, it's not the accessibility that's the problem. It's the fact that I don't think this kind of game design is any kind of fun at all at all yeah like, at all at yeah. all um i do kind of like the open world pokemon ripoff stuff like that stuff really where i would like to play a pokemon game that kind of like this without like the that. building stuff yeah yeah absolutely if this was just <laughs> if this was just the pokemon stuff with some light base building like not like constantly finding 40 stone right and, five yeah. and craft it as a, if you just like oh you earn this much you've got this uh, you can put a base down there you go build yourself a house yeah, with a bed great. and yeah yeah great fine <laughs> yeah. But like that stuff is pretty cool. Like the but the constant crafting stuff is just like the crazy ugh. part too. The building need... mechanics are very good in this. Like like built like they're like okay you have a wall like it very it's very intuitive. I'm like okay yeah it's I not... know where you want to put that wall. Yeah it's like, not clunky. Yeah. It's just, I just don't like that. Yeah I, just... I get it. I don't like it either. But I have been impressed by this game in general in just like yeah again it's not, it's not a slapdash no. game in that regard. No um, I've been shocked at times and it is actually as these things go pretty exciting i think people who have never played a game like like the survival type game before if you want to play with them like i think people would pretty much pick it up yeah more or less it's uh, like i said using the pokemon as weapon or the pals as weapons i would look if if you get to that point just go look at a guide because i fumbled around with it for like an hour before i figured out how to do it like i would just cheat it's not worth figuring it out on your own because it is very obtuse figuring out how that stuff works but but otherwise everything else is very very intuitive it's and it, particularly if you've played pokemon games in the in the past you already understand the concept of like hey i need to weaken the critter and then i throw my ball and i catch them like that that concept is mm-hmm. identically ripped from pokemon also the the just the level of violence in the yeah, game yeah yeah it's, it's way I'm more like, violent it's rated team this game's yeah. rated team they eat each other yeah you can you can capture people yeah like pa- there are pals that are actual people like humans like yeah. and like if you can set up traps for them at your base and yeah. if somebody wanders near your base you own them now like, yeah it's very weird <laughs> it's a little crazy um it, it's yeah uh mm, mm. yeah vincent um, brings up there there are plenty of guides oh yeah i mean there are just <laughs> yeah this game is a phenomena like there are everybody's playing it right now and we should bring up also it's free on get well free you gotta take when we say that but it's on game pass right now it's also an early yeah. access on steam although it should be noted there's not cross play it's locals it's uh you know you can not, only play with four players four players on, on, on the xbox version it's 32 on pc yeah. so keep that in big mind. big difference if you're deciding which version to buy also the pc version runs way better yeah um, the xbox series version it definitely chugs at times yeah. there's no doubt about it like it has some performance issues for sure um, but I would say that I did enjoy my time playing yeah, this. Also, I like this, where it shows me the percentage likelihood of the thing getting caught while right. it's doing the wig. I'm like, hey, Pokemon, steal that. There's lots of stuff in this that I'm like, they why is a Pokemon? They stole your fucking character model, yeah. steal that. <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest with you, I kind of enjoyed playing this at times more than I like Scarlet and Violet. No, yeah, in terms of the actual stuff that's like 
aping Pokemon? Yeah. 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 And honestly, like, this should be kind of a target for what Ar- Pokemon Legends 2 is. Arceus 2 or whatever the hell they do. Yeah. Um, I mean, God knows what they'll Although, I don't want the base building to be as... No, not the base building, yeah. but in terms of how the, the, the immediacy of the actual exploration and, and combat and capturing and, yeah. you know, team war, like, like, that all really, like, they they kind of did it. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. Like, the, the team isn't very big, like... I don't know how they did it. And again, this is an early access. It's going to get better. Like the cutscenes that were missing, like they may eventually be there. Like they may yeah, actually like put them in. Once they get sued and have to like change everything <laughs> to be some original design, it might really be something special. I mean, we laugh, but you may be right. Like that may actually spur on like something, some kind of change like that. So it's called Power World. If you haven't heard about it, I don't know how. It is literally the biggest thing, probably in all of pop culture right now. It is just gigantic. Well, it's, it's the biggest thing in games right now. Most people outside of games will never have never heard of this. They might have. I Not mean, this yet. is one of those things that's starting to get where it's, it's going to happen. It's going to have to be on the Switch or the PlayStation. <laughs> You're right. That's the problem. And that's we should bring that up. Like, it is not available for PlayStation or Switch yet. <laughs> it will never be on the Switch. I mean, probably not. Yeah, or Switch Two maybe, but no, not Switch I, One. Nintendo will. Ne- that would never allow that on there. We'll see. No. I mean, when they start thinking about, we can make x amount of dollars off each one sold and they do the well, math they'll just make their own at that point yeah it's possible i hope i hope that happens i hope this well, inspires nintendo I mean, to do part, better that's part of what people say like, oh go ahead and let them plagiarize it is what it takes to get nintendo off their ass it's like well that's not going to change probably cre- not. nintendo's creative output like, probably not yeah um, but again the fact that this no there's no name nothing can make can sell six million copies in a weekend it's insane man just by sort of incorporating modern game design into the pokemon <laughs> idea like wake yeah. the fuck up guys yeah. like i don't know what the and you go back and look at the last pokemon game and you're like i know what? it's a joke compared what? to this it really is <laughs> It's like it's funny reading all the DLC reviews for Pokemon Scarlet and like all of them are just like it, it, I can't even enjoy all the other stuff because the game runs so horribly. Like all the cool stuff that they put in here like it taints it because it runs like garbage. And this has its moments where it chugs, but it just does so many other things that are advanced over yeah. the latest Pokemon I mean that's games. the thing is this is not something made to be a competitor on Nintendo's own hardware. Right. Yeah. Like it could never run on the Switch. Mm-hmm. Probably have a trouble running on the Switch too. Yeah. Um, you know, but again, do you see already? It's, sort of, it's chugging a little bit there. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's sort of like the thing where it's you know, like how come no one makes Skyrim clones? How come nobody makes Zelda clones? Because they're really hard. Yeah. Like, you know, it, I'm sure you know, or how come nobody's made a Splatoon clone? Because it's really hard. Yeah. Do, you know, I don't think Foam Stars is going to do well. Really. Yeah. But it's like, you know. If you can, if you got the balls to sort of go head to head with Nintendo on this sort of thing, there's there's room for improvement. I know it's not Nintendo; it's the Pokemon company. They only own a third of the company or whatever. But yeah. like, and why you know most Nintendo stuff is not stagnant like the, like Pokemon has been. Like that's kind of why it's so weird because it's the biggest IP in the world, and it's just you know, and they don't need to change because yeah. they are the biggest IP in the way. I mean, as mediocre as Scarlet was. It still sold, sold like crazy. Like crazy, yeah, yeah. So doesn't, doesn't matter that the script barely barely exists in Avatar Two made two billion dollars. Yeah. So why would you need to improve it beyond a Captain Planet episode? Like yeah. it doesn't need to be. That's true. It's not what anyone's here for. Yep. So anyway, that is Pal World. It is taking the world by storm right now. It is bigger than anything in the games industry by several. It'll be interesting to see if like can Tekken Eight outsell it? No. No. 
I mean, maybe in the long run, but it's still going to keep selling. Can Suicide Squad kill the Justice League out selling? No. No? Of course not. Suicide Squad <laughs> is not going to. I'll tell you, man, I replayed Arkham Asylum this week. Oh, really? Because I was so irritated by all the stupid Suicide Squad coming out all the uh -huh. time. And I ended up loading up Arkham Asylum, and I replayed it on hard to oh, get, wow. that last, get that last achievement oh, on Steam. Nice. Um, and, like, God, that game's, that game's 15 years old this yeah, year. And it's still, still fucking amazing. great. still amazing. I know. It holds up, man. Is anyone going to be playing uh, Suicide Squad in 2039 and saying that? I mean, it probably won't Will even... Will it even load? You won't even be able to play it then. Yeah. It'll be gone. Yep. So anyway, there you go. That's Power World. <laughs> only available for Xbox Series and PC right now. It's in early access. You can just play it for free if you are a Game Pass subscriber. But you have to pay a little bit of money if you want to play it on Steam. And as we just mentioned, a lot of people are. Yeah. And honestly, if you really do want to play it, it's probably better on Steam to play it on steam because it's going to run way better yep yep that's true okay let's move on we're going to get to pretty much the last of our 2024 previews there's a chance we may do like a like an indie game preview uh in next week's episode but i'll be honest with you i feel like our fantasy draft that we're going to do here in a little bit is kind of a great preview of indie games in 20 minutes <laughs> Seriously. to believe the you from the beginning of the show oh geez we gotta get moving okay but first we're gonna preview xbox we've already done nintendo we've already done playstation it's time to talk about microsoft in 2024 obviously it just had its huge developer direct this past week where we got to see a bunch of really cool stuff however matt one of the games that i would argue that i saw that i did not think was all that cool was hellblade 2 I was kind of disappointed in what they showed of I'm this not. at the developer direct. And they also mentioned that, like, it's really short. Yeah, it's about the same length as the first one. Yeah, which I'm like... Now, I, my, my, and I do wonder what took so long yeah. in that regard, but I'm also not disappointed because the first game's great. Yeah. So give me another one of those with it extending the story and looks this good, fine. It's so cool. weird. I've been trying and to... And if, you if you're really disappointed... Game Pass. Yeah. You can't, for whatever reason, there's like no screenshots of this game on the internet. I don't know why. It is weirdly barren. Every screenshot is that right there. Her yeah. face screaming and with makeup on. Like, so I had to go and like grab my own screenshots from this and it's hard. There's like, there's no moments in these trailers where you're like, yeah, that's like, that's the banner I want to put on the game page for Hellblade 2. Like, it, well, I, I mean, don't know. It's, it's that, really. It's that, and that is what's up there right now. Yeah. <laughs> Oddly enough. This is a very weird trailer. Yeah. All of them are, How though. How old is this now? Mm, this one, This is a debut trailer. Yeah, so this is five years old, four and a half years uh -huh. old, something like that. Um, but we have to talk about it again, so we have other trailers later on in our content. So, anyway, this is now, they announced the release date. It's coming out on May 21st. So, finally, they've announced the release date for it. Mm -hmm. But I would say that, like, what they showed, and that's not what we're seeing here, because what they showed in the developer direct was more of, like, a developer doc with, like, interviews and stuff. Um, and so we generally just run gameplay footage in Game Face. But what I saw in that developer doc, I was kind of disappointed by it, Matt. I was, it just mm. doesn't seem like that of an exciting game to me. Like, I think it's a... I mean, I guess it could have been expanded. I mean, it took so long that I think there was... I was sort of assuming maybe they're expanding it out into something totally different or a big... Mm -hmm. But again, it's a sequel to one of my favorite games, The Last Generation. More of the same is fine. I'm yeah. sure they won't, won't let any of that down because it's such an interesting experience even having played it like three times. Yeah. Um, so no, I'm not disappointed by what the game is. I am a little disappointed in how boring that developer doc was. Yeah. Like, no reflection on the game. It just didn't, it just felt like they didn't have many interesting things to say about yeah. it. Yeah, and know? it felt low energy. I just yeah. came I mean, away I from thought it. That, I thought that was true of all of them. No, that's in, true. In this it wasn't just 
But Ninja Theory. People always ask me if I want to be a developer. The reason I don't want to be a developer is look at the people in those interviews. They are beaten down. Those are very tired people. Yeah, that's the way it is. That's how game development is. You finish your game and it's like relief. Yeah. It's, or like, I mean, that was one of the most common things when I'd go interview people or go to do shoots. At the, the, they were so happy to not have to do the normal thing for the day. Yeah. Like they're all, oh, I get to leave my cube. It's yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's funny. I mean, also, yeah, same. I mean, I'm, I get to go to a whole different city and... Yeah. not have to see see my boss for a while but it's like <laughs> yeah it's like it's 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 a hard job it it's, is it's a, i don't want it i, I everybody who's a developer and i know we have a bunch yeah. that watch the show and are in chat kudos to you guys i couldn't do it uh next up probably the biggest game the game everybody's waiting for indiana jones and the great circle a little bit of a generic title there. terrible title <laughs> That's two two bad Indiana Jones titles in a row there. Yeah. Dial of Destiny is yeah, it's not, not great, great either. either. This is a first-person, third-person hybrid. So most of the combat takes place in first-person, including using his whip. But when you go to climb stuff or solve puzzles, it goes into a third-person perspective where you can actually see Indy. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that, Matt? Yeah. Not many games like, do that. No. I mean, it's, I'm curious how it's going to work. I mean, I don't expect really third-person out of this just because it's machine games they do first person shooters mm-hmm. it's their expertise um would i prefer to be able to see indie in an indie game probably yeah but it's not like that helped all the other indie indiana jones games be any less mediocre than they were so why not i'll give it a shot harrison ford's face but not his voice no well because harrison ford doesn't sound like harrison ford right. anymore yeah um this is i mean it's troy baker doing i think he does was, a good job it's probably the best harrison ford impression i've ever heard yeah. outside of mark hamill doing his, his voice for like gags yeah yeah um but like no harrison ford has a very difficult voice to imitate um, he kind of nails it he nails he's like, well he's got the tone he's got the timber it's very low energy I mean, Except like that's kind of indie though. No, it's not indie. Really? Indie's I would feel like energy. he's like the king of the deadpan he, joke. Deadpan, but not tired. And he sounds okay. a little tired and, and just kind of subdued in this. Except when he says, "Do you have any idea how old that is?" Like that's the energy you yeah. need. Maybe halfway up to that. But again, he's uh, some of that. I think is just the the dialogue choices they're using for the trailer. I don't think Troy is not a low energy actor. No. Like, huh. So if if that's how indie he's delivering those lines, it's going to be appropriate for the scene. It's just not necessarily appropriate for the big reveal trailer. You you know? Yeah, um, but like you need more. Like the tra- even the trailer for Last Crusade, one of the big centerpieces of that trailer was him arguing with Sean Connery. It was like dad, dad, dad. Like that. Yeah. Like you have to punch. And there, there's there's no up and down through Indy's mood in the trailer, except at the end when he gets mad at the guy for dropping the vase, which is funny. Yeah. Um. So I think, and I hope that the writing has those yeah. moments. So I think Troy is doing a great job here. Like Harrison Ford is very hard to copy. They have never had a good sound like for Indiana Jones or Han Solo ever. This is the closest I've ever thought to being like, maybe that is him. But I know mm-hmm. it's not because he doesn't sound like that anymore. Yeah. Um, so Troy's doing a great job there. I just hope that um, he gets a chance to emote in this a little more than what we saw in this trailer. Yeah. Um, it's I, I, It just feels very subdued. And I think you need to counter that feeling because you've already had that feeling for two movies because Harrison Ford is older yeah, and yeah. doesn't really project the energy he normally does even yeah. you know that it's just how it is but like having a more vital like you know engaged indiana in this trailer would have gone a lot further towards exciting people and i've seen the most of the, the the complaints i've seen have been like it's it, everyone in this trailer sounds bored hmm. i'm pretty um, encouraged by it like i'm pretty excited to play the game and the other thing too is it's coming this year sometime they didn't say exactly when 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't draft it in my fantasy draft, but and I didn't. But no, <laughs> spoiler, I, this, but this could definitely slip. I yeah, think. I could see this not making the year. But as of right now, it's scheduled for 2024. And if it does come out, that could be a huge exclusive for Xbox. I mean, that could get people to yeah. sign up for Game Pass for sure. Um, so I was pleasantly surprised by it. I think I'm a little nervous about the first person, third person thing, but I can see why they did it yeah, because it's, it's weird, an Indiana but... Jones game. Um, you got you to gotta do some third person because you got to see him swashbuckle. Yeah, absolutely. Stuff, I mean, it's so. an indie game. So That's for the, sure. probably the, comp, the best compromise can, between that and their expertise and how they, you know, because they do really good narrative games. Yeah. First person. Using the whip in third person would have been really weird. So I understand it's why. It's never worked. Right. So I understand why they did it in first person. Mm-hmm. And from the it's going to give there, you more versatility with how you can aim it and what you can do with it and how yep. you can use it. So that's probably the right call. Agreed. Um, and then switching to third person when he cr- climbs up using it is the right call. I appreciate the attention to detail that he's coiling it up as he climbs yep. up it. Like it's, you know, because too many, too many indie games just, you know, the whip is basically like a random line. It's like it just keeps reappearing. Yeah. It's like we're going to apply <laughs> physics to a thread and call it a whip. And right. that's just sort of what, like yeah. the 3D games are all like that. So yeah. it's it's cool. And I'm glad it's set between Raiders and Crusade because it lets them fight Nazis. And uh, yeah. that's that's where he thrives. Yeah. Um, fighting so, Nazis is always a good thing. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Indiana Jones, it's scheduled for 2024. We'll see if it makes it. Uh, next up a game that I think both Matt and I have a soft spot in our hearts for, and that is Stalker 2. It got its, its another release date, now September 5th. We'll see if it makes it. Again, this team is working. Some of them are working in Ukraine. Others are, have left to go other places to work on the game. Bottom line is it's not an ideal game development environment for these guys, mm-hmm. so we are cutting them some slack. If it makes it out September 5th, that's great. If not, no skin off of my ass. Yeah, but I mean, It sounds pretty... I mean, I don't know why you would give a specific date for this if you weren't pretty sure. Yeah particularly knowing the situation that these developers are in. So right now, scheduled for September 5th. Next up, Avowed. I'm surprised that this game is coming out this year as well. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of about damn time, but also you expect about damn time doesn't really mean anything for the Microsoft second party. Yeah, because they really just showed it for the first time in the developer direct. We got like a one or two trailers before that, but we didn't really know what was up with the game. Finally, they explain it. Um, I will say this. I was also not particularly impressed with how Avowed looked in that presentation. I was. It was the same enemies over and over in the same area. Same enemies, but it's, I mean, it's Pillars of Eternity. So that's just, I mean, it very was very much recognizable to me as someone who's played both Pillars of Eternity games as in the same world, Mm. which is cool. Okay. I think the visual quality is good. Um, I think the the art they showed at the end with like the guy like the the guy who's like transparent and see like oh yeah like that, that's awesome yeah like, yeah that, use that art style in the game like that like I hope that's the cover um, of the of the I game. think it was gonna be yeah um, it's cool like so they put again, out a screenshot of it again like I'm interested in this because you know it sounds like they're basically doing fantasy outer worlds here it doesn't sound like yeah. the areas are gigantic it doesn't, it's not it's not a Skyrim right you know? it's a yeah. it's you finish it. And- 18 to 30 hours yeah, instead of 60. areas of things. There will probably be DLC that adds big stories to it. Um, it's large open areas, not a big open world. But that's fine. Yeah. Like, that was really... I liked that in, in Outer Worlds. And in fact, I went... One of the other things I did this weekend was I, I started a game of Outer Worlds, Spacer's Choice, the, the special edition or whatever, mm. because I got it free on Epic Game Store a couple weeks ago. Yeah. I'm like, I'll try that. I haven't played that in forever. I'll try that again. It's still fun. Still, yeah. I still like it. Yeah. I'm um, excited for this game gameplay-wise. But again... I, 
I, and I and I also loaded up uh, the extra long, the interview developer doc thing they did with with these guy with the the Obsidian people for this game like yesterday or the day before like extended thing. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I'm just fucking bored listening to the like the, them talk about that. And I'm I'm like I'm not bored by the game, but I'm like it's like they were making it boring. Low energy. Like, yeah. It's very tiresome. Yeah. Like, I didn't feel like that presentation was great either. And because they kept showing the same enemies yeah. over and over, the same area over yeah. and over, I was just like, come and on, they, man. They, they never seemed to get around to really explaining what was interesting about the game other than, oh, it's an Obsidian game and you get to choose how you want to be and how you want to act. I'm like, yeah, I know that. I played Fallout That's Obsidian. Vegas, yeah. Everything you've made since they, Of course, I'm not shocked by any of that. I assume that. Yeah. Nice to have it confirmed, but like, what's different and like mm-hmm. they didn't really have anything yeah. different and it's like i don't need anything super different like a first person you know action rpg set in the pillars of eternity world is good enough for me but if that's all you have to say just show me a big chunk of gameplay and leave me alone yeah. you know like the only developers i felt really were interested or excited or or engaged to be there were the the ara yeah. developer like they yeah. have had some fun with it everybody else just felt like they were sleepwalking nice segue to ara history untold this is a 4x strategy game also coming to game pass which i'm like yahoo that's freaking awesome um it's been in development for a long time as well yeah i this has been so i'm like oh that game like, yeah was, was, they announced it like four i think almost four years ago yeah but i mean building 4x those, games isn't easy man yeah, especially good ones yeah and get, i hope get this those one is cougars good. away from me yeah also by the way people who say that we never cover 4x strategy games <laughs> here we are yeah you, you make it one of only four things in the direct <laughs> we're gonna talk about it believe you me um this is also coming q4 just like avowed um i have a better feeling that this one's actually gonna make yeah, it this feels like it's gonna show up yeah because they've already done and by the way like the um like early access reports on this have been incredible mm-hmm. um if you and again you're right they had the the spirit yeah they did like they were excited about their excited game. about they had gags like yeah the founder of the company randomly walking through the shot at yeah, one yeah. point it's like, it's, it's good. that was i enjoyed this section i did it. too it was probably the most exciting part of the yeah, whole th- thing. Yeah, this is, this is the game I was least interested in, <laughs> yeah. and I came out of it like the most positive right. about it. I agree like, with you, yep. So anyway, Aura History Untold PC and Xbox only. It won't be coming to other platforms. Um, and then one of the other final games that's scheduled for 2024 is Microsoft Flight Simulator 2024. The last one did gangbusters, got huge review scores. This one is more gamified. So mm-hmm. one thing that has never that I've had a problem with with these games in the past is like I usually fiddle around with them just for the tech to see how amazing the technology yeah, but is. They're not really games. Yes, yeah, this one is a game. Mm-hmm. This is this is where you take up specific vocations and then you actually do the job. Yeah, it's a it's a good angle on the, yeah. on the concept. And they finally found a way to gamify it without losing a lot of its authenticity yeah. that people love this series for. So this and game, by making the authenticity the point, right? Like, why would you want to play something that doesn't accurately simulate that? Yeah, like that's that's a good way to take it. Yep. So this is coming. Obviously, it's called. <laughs> simulator 2024 it is coming yeah, this like, year <laughs> it was definitely on my list of okay things that will definitely be out this year for the draft like, like you would hope i don't know we'll see or they got to change the name yeah exactly that would be funny if they did change the name to 2025 but not not really not really but if they do they should actually the logo should literally be a crossed out yeah, four cross out the four and scribble and, the five yeah. over top yep um and then the final game that we know about that's supposed to be coming this year exclusively to xbox and not any other console is arc 2 which uh, this game has also been announced. This was announced at the debut of Xbox Series X. This right. was one of the games that was shown in that very first presentation that Microsoft did 
and it's yeah. still not out. And when it was after that at the Game Awards when they revealed Vin Diesel was in it? Or? No, he was in. We knew it from the beginning. He was. This okay. is a debut trailer, I and I thought he's, they debuted that at the Game Awards. I don't think so. I want to say this is a Game Awards debut. I thought it was in their very first presentation for the series. I'll be honest, I'm not really keeping it, uh, track of. But this I'll say this: it carefully. makes sense because then he could get Vin Diesel on his show. That's the idea. Yeah. <laughs> But either way, this game, we haven't heard anything about it. Since then, the studio has redone the first arc and re-released it. Mm-hmm. And now I'm assuming they're moving on to this. It was supposed to come out last year. It didn't. I'm. It's supposed to come out this year now. We'll see. I don't believe this is coming this year. I would be surprised if it does. Mm-hmm. Because, again, they just launched also, the rework of the first game. Also, if some of the allegations against Vin Diesel continue to be a thing... We'll see if he's still in the game by the end. Oh, of the really? Game. I didn't see that. Yeah, a couple of a couple of things have popped up. Yeah. Well, we'll see because he is the star of this game, which is a little weird, honestly. Although I gotta wonder, like, is he the star of this game or is he just in the cutscenes? Because it could be. I mean, my guess is he's like. I mean, it's an open world survival game. How many characters can you really have? My guess there, is right? he's like the first neighbor that you meet or yeah. something. He's like got his camp set up like a mile away, or he he shows you where the water is or some crap. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, as this of right now, only for family. Yeah, as of right now, this is scheduled for 2024. So there you go. Those are the games that are scheduled to come out for Xbox in 2024. Compare that to PlayStation Five. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot more for Xbox. Yeah. Well, we just we don't know anything about the second half yeah. of the year for for yeah. PlayStation or Nintendo. Now, Matt, we're gonna do a fun. The difference little- being that Sony doesn't have a packed first half of the year like nintendo they haven't does. announced anything either because man i have one two three four we five got hell divers too Everything, <laughs> everyone's excited about hell well now nobody's excited about hell divers too because it turns out they're using some weird archaic kernel level uh, uh anti-cheat thing that i don't think i want on my pc so yeah. i don't think i will be buying hell divers too anymore we'll get it on ps5 but it's gonna run like shit it probably will okay here's a little exercise we want to do matt so there's seven other xbox exclusives that are announced right now and, but they don't have release dates. And so I'm just going to ask you very quickly, as we go through each one of them, um, whether you think they're going to release in 2024 or not. And let's do this very mm-hmm. quickly. First up, Fable. No. No? No chance for Fable? No. Their big holiday game is avowed. Okay. No chance. No. I think there's like a 50% chance. I think we'll see it this year, finally, but it won't come out this year. Like play, like gameplay. Like, yeah. Okay. Um, the Outer Worlds 2. No. Yeah. No, two Obsidian open world RPG. Not no. happening. Yep, I agree with you. Not happening. State of Decay 3. No. <laughs> I don't even know that still exists. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how long they usually take between State of Decay entries. Do you remember State how long De- it was? Well, the State of Decay thing is because that something about happened to that company that it all collapsed in on itself. Like, yeah. There's, there's, some, there's some real world problems with that. Right. Well, there's like cultural issues at the studio, I believe, that were bubbled up mm-hmm. at one point. Um, but how long? Do you remember how long there was, the delay was between the first State of Decay and the second one? Not this long. Yeah. So it's already over that amount of I time. I think so. Yeah. Well, considering how broken these games have launched in the past, like I hope they take their time. I wonder if they're even halfway there yet. You think it might be canceled? It could happen. Yeah, it's pretty popular. I'd be surprised. I mean, I wouldn't want it to be canceled, but I, th- I mean, I think it would be canceled in the sense that like the the studio closes or something. Yeah. Okay. Um, next up, Perfect Dark. Mm, maybe, but probably no. 
I think this is a hard no because they've got like Crystal Dynamics in there working mm-hmm. on it now. It feels like there's like three different studios trying to get this thing into shape. Well, like the last thing we really heard from someone anonymously was like nobody even knows what it is yet. Right. Yeah. I would. This, of all the games we've just listed, this is least likely, except for the next one, which is Everwild from Rare. Oh, not a chance in hell. I mean, this game's now been in development for like nine years. Mm-hmm. But Maybe how, not how that recently one. were they even saying we don't even know what it is yet? We're, like we're figuring three, out what the like three years be. ago. Yeah. <laughs> Like, this game is either due to be shown as it's going to be or to be canceled. Mm-hmm. It's one or the other. It's a shit or get off the pot situation with Everwild at this point, I would yeah. think. I mean, you can only go so long working on a project before you're like, okay, this isn't going to work. So, Isn't that right, Silk Song? Right, exactly. Well, we'll get to that in a little that bit. That one, I'm sure, I will do think it's coming. We'll see. <laughs> uh, next, a game that I'm really excited for, Clockwork Revolution. This is a... Massive, not Mass Effect. It's a um, Bioshock. Bioshock clone, kind of. Yeah, sort of. I mean, it's, it's evoking Bioshock Infinite's aesthetic, right? For sure. Um, this one was just shown last year for the first time in, I think, at E3 or E3 time, like in June. Mm-hmm. So it's only been announced for like ten months. My, I would say this has like a one percent chance of coming out this year. Yeah, I think this is a long way out, but still looking pretty That's awesome. Cool. Yeah, clock punk, steampunk stuff. Yep, yeah, it's neat. And then the last one. OD from Kojima. Oh, years away. You think it's years, years away still? Away. He didn't even show us anything. Yeah. I mean, this is all we got. So, <laughs> yeah. Definitely not happening this year. But, I mean, we so we listed the games that are coming out this year. At least they're scheduled to for release this year. And you got Fable, Outer Worlds 2, State of Decay 3, Perfect Dark, Everwild, Clockwork Revolution, OD. Mm-hmm. That's Xbox's lineup. I mean, you compare that OD, to PlayStation. OD is going to turn out to be a dramatic game about the dog from Garfield. That's, <laughs> that's, that's funny. Um, but if you compare what we just went through with Xbox for what we went through with PlayStation, like, there's no comparison. No. Like, I'm not saying that PlayStation doesn't have this number or quality of games in development. We just don't know about it. Yeah, them. we just don't know what the second half of the year might yeah. be. So and, as of right now, Xbox is sitting pretty. I we think. have a pretty good idea of Xbox's second half of the year. Because I think those three games are it. Mm-hmm. Whereas Hellblade's about all they got for the first half. Right. And the rest is sort of like, take care. You yeah. know, again, Nintendo has the most solid... I mean, even if you don't care about all the games, they have the most solid release lineup. Once a month, you get something from them on their platform. Like, But again, we only know until June-ish. June, yeah. But yeah. I mean, that's pretty typical for them. Yeah. We'll find, you know, they'll do a direct in around what would have been E3 time, and we'll find out the rest of the year. Yeah. And then they'll do one around Thanksgiving, and we'll find out the beginning of next year. Like, it's yeah. just, they, they, they're dependable. You, you yeah. can't... You can't argue against that. I think overall, though, I think Xbox has a pretty good 2024 coming up. And like, if you see the local, the lower third there, it's like, is this the moment where the tide starts to turn a little bit? We'll see. Uh, but I think right Could now, be, people are gonna have to care about these things first. Yeah, you're right. That's the uphill battle is getting them to break out of the, the niche space. Yeah, like stuff like if they could get Fable out, games like that, they Fable have a better chance. I mean, Avowed probably has a shot at being kind of a, a, a moderate breakout hit, but mm-hmm. you got to get people. I mean, are any of those games things people would buy an Xbox for? Like Fable, maybe. Fable, but Fable's not coming out this year. Yeah, like any of the stuff they showed at this direct. Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much it, though. I've seen mostly disappointment when people find that out. They're like, oh, I guess I'm not going to play it. Like, <laughs> like the, 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 ba- the mental barrier to buying an Xbox is pretty high with some people. I've noticed yep. that for yep. sure. So anyway, there you go. That's Xbox for 2024. And our last topic for today's episode 
is third parties. Now, Matt, we need to get through these a lot more quickly mm. uh, than we just went through Xbox. And it won't be that difficult, honestly, because, Matt, I have to say, this has to be one of the most pathetic third-party game lineups I have ever seen. I think everybody burned their their stuff last year because, like, everyone who was got their stuff delayed released last year and then everything that was scheduled to be released last year got released last year. So normally the people that got stuff delayed into 2023 they'd be ready to kind of start showing their new stuff or, or releasing even new stuff this year. But now I think you're going to have a real drought. Drought is it. The sad part is that, like, the games that are coming out here in the next, like, week or two are some of the best games of the year right now. Yeah, that's this is, like, the most solid release chunk <laughs> until, like... For, like, Q4. Later, yeah, much yeah. later, yeah. Yeah, so Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth, Tekken 8, Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League... All those are coming out in the next like week, week and a half, so we're not going to discuss those. The first game we're going to discuss is a game called Banishers, Ghost of New Eden. This is a game from Don't Nod. It is a supernatural action RPG that's set in 1695. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt and I, as you guys know, if you watch Game Faith, we're big fans of Don't Nod. Um, we've pretty much enjoyed almost all of its games at this point. This one reminds me, it looks like it maybe is built by the same team that did Vampire. Yeah, definitely. Like, Same vibes. There's, there's definite vibes. That guy even looks a little bit like the vampire guy. Yeah. Um, which is cool. I like that game. Yeah. Um, and I this I'm very interested in this. Yeah. Uh, I like the concept. I like the 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 characters. I like what they're after here. Uh, this could be this could be this could be one of the best things of the year if they're on target. People it, may be sitting there right now saying Matt's crazy. But just sit tight here for the next, like, 15 minutes when we start going through the third-party yeah. stuff, and you'll see... Yeah, I might be criticizing the year more than I'm praising <laughs> exactly. the game. Exactly. Like we, you know, exactly. We'll see. Yep. Um, so, anyway, that is coming out on February 13th, so there's not long to wait for that either. That's coming real soon, and that's coming to uh, uh, PC and Next Gen on February the 13th. Next up, a game we never thought we'd ever see released... Skull and Bones Woo. coming out also on February 16th. So not long to wait for this one either. This is also PC and next gen. This is Ubisoft's pirate combat game. It's been in development for like seven or eight years. It's been canceled, like it's pushed been, back, reworked. This game can almost reworked. drink now. Yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that it's bottle actually, of rum is legal. It's actually happening. This game is finally coming out. Um I'm kind of excited for it in a I'm weird way. I'm very curious. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm sort of like, what, is, what are you? Like, I figure if Ubisoft has worked on something this long, it can't be terrible, right? No, I would hope not. <laughs> okay, I, the last like, pre- I hope this is at least, like, mid-range Assassin's Creed. Right. Good, but, know? I mean, the last few previews I've read for it have been very encouraging. The people are like, wow, I can't believe it's actually turned out half decent. So, we'll see. But it's coming out here in just a few weeks. Um, again, Skull and Bones. 216 PC, PS5, Xbox Series. Next up, Alone in the Dark reboot. I have very low hopes for this. There were previews that came out of this this week. This game looks like ass. Yeah, no thank you. I mean, some of the, they finally put out raw gameplay of it this week, like extended cuts of it to do video previews. And like you can just see, watching the footage, that the game is janky AF. Mm. I played... A demo of this that I mean, was that's, up. That's true to the franchise. It is. It, comes down to it, it is, but. sadly. I played a demo of this that was live, I don't know, like three or four months ago. It was boring. I, I I don't know why this game was given the green light, but it was, and I do not expect it to do well or be the very constant good. Returning to the Alone in the Dark well is one of the weirdest, like, <laughs> 
endless <laughs> IP recyclings in the game industry. It really is. Like, they it need to let it learn something. They need to let it die in the dark is what they need to do. It is coming out March 20th. This is also PC, PS5, and Xbox series. Starting to notice a trend here is that there are no last-gen games anymore. Mm-hmm. They're all pretty much PC, PS5, and Xbox series. Next up, a game we just discussed Dragon's Dog Dogma Two that comes out March twenty second. This yeah. is also it, PC, PS five, really and Xbox the star series. Of Q one. It is, yeah. Um, I mean, not even just Q one, Matt. <laughs> like this year, yeah. it's looking real bad. Like it's just the star of the year period. We already talked about this extensively a little I mean, bit. I think ago. there will be significant things in the last half of the year. We just don't. Yeah, know we just don't know what they are yet. Yeah, and we're this, probably looking at either a Mario Kart or a three D Mario game. Like yeah. it's there's going to be some. And the good Switch stuff. launch is going to have some stuff. So yeah. you're right. Um, but like yeah, in terms of what we know about, there's not a lot bigger than this. <laughs> it's, yeah, There's like one other thing bigger than this. Yeah. We haven't gotten to yet. But this is an open world action RPG. Um, I mean, we did get to it because that was in the Sony pre- Final right. Fantasy VII. It's probably the only thing, you know, bigger and more dependable. It's the only this. game setting the house on fire right now, that's for, for sure. sure. Yeah, other than Power World. Other than Power World. <laughs> yeah, Power World. Power World and Final Fantasy VII. There you go, yeah. hand in hand. Yep. Uh, next up, one of my Dark Horse games for 2024, Ayudin Chronicle 100 Heroes. This mm-hmm. game is. And we say it every time we talk about it, but it is the spiritual successor to Suikoden. It was is being built by the people who built the original Suikoden games. Mm-hmm. Um, they put out kind of a little bit of a tester game called Iunic Chronicle. What was the subtitle for that one? I don't remember. I did finish it, though. You did finish it? Was, it? it was good. Yeah, it was, it was good. It was a side-scrolling action beat-em-up yeah. thing. And it just basically proved that the studio is proficient. Yeah, and it felt good to play. I mean, I have, I'm very high hopes i mean i backed this on kickstarter mm-hmm. like years ago you're not like, the only I'm, one I'm a lot of people are excited in. you can see in the chat right now congram one can't wait back to day one um link so good says dragon's dogma 2 game of the year 2024 i think that might be a little bit of a stretch but Trust we'll see. Me, it's i it's not out of the conversation yeah like it could be i mean but, I, I they're gonna need to really have delivered a solid package for that but yep. it's up there otaku are really excited for Ayudin chronicle 100 heroes um People who For love those of J- us who still think Suikoden 2 is one of the only good, like, legitimately great JRPG stories. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm pretty excited for that. Um, that is coming to, like, everything. That is one of the few yeah, it's, games it's that's a, coming to, like, all, all the systems. The um, next up. A Not game... pushing the hardware too hard on that no. one, really. <laughs> Definitely not. Doesn't need to. But here is a game that is pushing the hardware. Black Myth Wukong. This mm. comes out August 20th. This is also PC, PS5, and Xbox series. It is a third-person action game. A lot of people saw this for the first time and thought it was another fake Korean game. I was one of those people. (laughs) But this game's coming. Like, they've shown gameplay of it. You're seeing gameplay right now of a boss fight. There's been tons of it. They've released, like, 20 trailers for it at this point. A lot of these Korean games, they show their debut trailer, which ends up being bull shots. And -hmm. then you never hear from it again. We've heard from this consistently since it was announced. So I'm confident that it's a real game that's coming. And it does have a hard release date. I'm not 100% sold that it's going to make it this year still, though. I think it will, but I just... Boy, I don't care. Yeah. It's like, I think I've played enough Souls-alike dodge roll, you know, combat with big monster games for the rest of my life, really. Like, I'll wait for the Elden Ring DLC. And... This one's really good-looking, though, Matt. Oh, it's technically, technically <laughs> really good-looking. I, like, I like the design of the monsters, but I just, like, does, it doesn't look any doesn't look different enough to me. Okay. Yep. But anyway, that's coming August 20th, and again, it's PC, PS5, and Xbox Series. Next up, a game that Matt was hanging his hat on last year, and he's doing it again this year. It is Warhammer 40K Space Marine 2. 
delayed out of last year at the last minute. This game is definitely coming out this year. It already has a release date of September 9th. Um, so we'll see it in November. Yeah, this is just a crazy, violent, gory Warhammer 40K game with incredible graphics, as mm-hmm. you're seeing right now in this trailer. And these are the in-game visuals, by the way. These are not, this is not CG. Um, game looks stunning. We've, we saw a bunch of gameplay cuts of it from different trade shows last year. Game's looking pretty good. If you're a Warhammer 40K fan or just a Warhammer mm-hmm. fan in general, you should definitely keep your eye on this the one. The first one was pretty good. Yeah. That was 11 years ago yeah. or whatever, but like Yeah, it was, it was a called hit for sure. It's 20, that was 13 years ago. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, and one, <laughs> one of my main, only real complaints about it was I thought the enemies were boring because it was just Chaos Space Marines and Orcs. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you got the Tyranid, so it's basically Space Marines versus Aliens. Nothing wrong with that. Damn right. I think this game looks awesome. I think it's going to be one of the underrated like sleeper hits of 2024. Mm-hmm. Um, but keep an eye out for that one. That's also PC and PS5 and Xbox Series. And then that's the end of the games we have hard release dates for. Now, the next game, also one that we're all very excited for and hyped for, but we're not a 1,000% sure it's coming out this year, but we're crossing our fingers, and that is Star Wars Outlaws. I think this is making it. Ubisoft's open world Star Wars game. Ubisoft, Ubisoft's pipeline is back on on track. It seems I, I that way. So I I think this is gonna I think this is gonna get like an August September release and oh. slip to November. Oh okay. But I've seen some stuff that like probably September. Okay. One thing I should say is Matt has a little bit of an insider line. Every once in a while I hear some things from, from some Ubisoft. UB or some of my toy friends. It's mm-hmm. amazing how often you can get an angle on things just knowing when the merchandise is supposed That's to That's true. That doesn't always help you because a whole lot of Dune shit came out in November <laughs> and that didn't matter. Like that still moved that to, kind mar- of broke still the moved to March. But like, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, well, that's encouraging to hear that from you. I, I think we'll see this. I really hope so. Uh, this is probably my most anticipated game of 20. It is. I mean, we announced it at our Game of the Year Awards. This is my most anticipated mm-hmm. game of 2024. And I hope it does make it. We'll see. Now, the rest of these games, we don't even know for a fact that they're coming in 2024. But when they were announced, that's the year that they gave. So we'll see. First up, Metaphor. Metaphor is the next game from the team that's usually making turn-based RPGs. But this one's a lot different. Like, you can, the art looks like Persona, but the gameplay looks like something completely different. Um, and, I mean, honestly, the setting and everything else is completely different, too. But it still has, like, the awesome anime cutscenes. A lot of things... It really that is you, the UI design. That's yeah. the continuity here. UI and the awesome anime, like, cinematics. Um, but otherwise, this is a very different type of game. It is still turn-based, the combat is, but you kind of run through an open world before you get into your skirmishes. Um, it's a huge change of pace for the studio that makes Persona, and I'm all about it. Like, I am really excited for this game. I'd give it 60, 70% chance it actually comes out in 2024, though. Yeah, it doesn't It doesn't have any concrete release window even yet, yeah. so it's hard, to, it's hard to say. Yep, makes me a little nervous, but it's called Metaphor Refantasio, Re- and this is also another that's... Actually, this comes to PS4 and PS5, PC, and Xbox Series. Next up, the sequel to a game of the year. It's Hades 2. This is scheduled to come out in early access this year. Yeah. Um, and that's isn't that how the first Hades launched? It launched yeah, it did early access like two years before it was yeah, final. Before it got to version 1.0 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, again. Changed a lot. Yeah, it did change those, a lot. Times. I don't think this one will change as much. Probably, I think they know what they're doing here. Yeah. Um, it'll be a refinement situation. I mean, Hades 1 
it's practically a different game. It is, but it's from when you go from day one early yeah, access yeah. to 1.0. But now they know what the yeah. franchise is, yeah. and so this game, my guess is, it won't spend as long in early access either as the first one did. Um, but it's supposed to come out this year, and um, hopefully we'll all get a chance to play it. Uh, obviously, everyone's really excited. Hades won, surprise, game of the year contender. Wasn't our game of the year, but it was for a lot of people. So um, this is a, oddly enough, it's turned into a big franchise in the games industry, which is well, kind of awesome. It was only a matter of time before uh, Supergiant, you know, Did it. Fi- finally hit one. Yep. You know? I mean, I've liked all their games. Yeah, they've never made a bad game. They've never yeah. made anything less than a good game. I, mean, I don't even I don't like Bastion and Transistor very much. I like but, Bastion more than Transistor. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, the, the, before this, I think the best thing they did was uh, Pyre. Yeah. Um, even though it was basically just NBA Jam with yeah, it's really monsters, what it was. But yeah. Like, <laughs> but for whatever reason, it worked. Like, it was uh, fun. The, even it really, it came down to what was the game they were going to make where the gameplay really pulled me in because the stories always pull me in. Yeah. Like, like their presentation and their narrative work is always top notch. Yeah. Um, Empire is a fascinating world. It's just sort of a weird way to express it gameplay wise. Yeah. Like, um, but I've replayed that a second time. Like they're, you know, they, they're, this is a great, this is a great team. I, one thing I will say is I hope they don't just make Hades alikes forever now. Yeah. Like I hope this is like, cause I understand like you make Hades, it's a huge hit. You, you make a sequel. It, and yeah. you make a sequel. <laughs> you make a sequel as monetarily and also because like we get to refine it into what we maybe was already in our heads, ideas we didn't get to use. Like we yeah. have like, a bunch of stuff on the cutting room floor that could make a great you game. You make a sequel to the game you of the year. That. Yeah. But I hope they make another weird out of nowhere. What the fuck are you doing, game? After this one, my guess is after the sales of Hades, they have a little bit of fun money laying around where they can try some stuff. So we'll see. But Hades two, as of right now, it's only announced for PC. We know eventually it will be announced for consoles. Mm -hmm. But right now, it's only announced for PC. Supposed to come into early access this year sometime. Next up, a game that we covered like it was already released, but it really wasn't. Multiversus. It's like a Smash Brothers clone. All right, they're relaunching this. Yeah, because they let us all play it for like a couple months, right? Yeah, it was a while. And then took it away and said, okay, yeah, we're going to... I think everyone assumed it was just going to like early access up to 1.0 yeah. or something. And then they just were like, oh, no. Boink, no we're actually just going to pull it away and go keep working on it. But this is scheduled to come out this year Good now. Good way to kill all your momentum as a community. It really makes so, no sense. I don't... I mean, I don't it almost feels like there was a licensing issue or something. I don't know. It's impossible. They own all of I them. know. I don't get it, It's dude. all Warner Brothers. But anyway, if you're a fan of Smash Brothers, and we're probably not getting another one of those for another like two or three years at the earliest. If ever. Yeah, if ever. Um, and you're looking for something new, you like the fighting style, the arena brawler, then here you go. This multiverse. This does not have a hard release date for 2024 yet, but it's definitely coming this year, I would think. Yeah, Q1, Q2 is what I heard. Should be. Whenever they figure should've, it out. Should be our January. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Uh, next up, South Park Snow Day. This game, I'm pretty confident, is going to make it out this year. It is a multiplayer, bloody, gory, snowball fighting game set in the South Park universe. Um, are you excited for this game, Matt? No. Me either. Yeah. I, I can't think of the, the... I mean, I feel like I could have come up with a better idea to use a South Park IP than this. Mm-hmm. I don't want another strategy RPG like they were making, but like, it's okay to just make like an action game set in the south park universe like you don't have to go after these other like weird genres that they have been with this this ip yeah. i don't i don't know why they do it but it should have made a, a battle royale that'd in, be great in the town 
That would be great. hundred kids in the town yeah, killing each other. That would be amazing. I mean, I think that's kind of what they're going with here. It's just like a snowball fight or bit. whatever. It's but not quite on that yeah, scale. But I hear what you're saying. I think that would do huge, man. Mm-hmm. And there are so many characters now in South Park that you could act. I mean, you could keep releasing characters for years, yeah. like new ones. And so you could just you do the Fortnite thing, just South Park versions of that's real true. people could, or that's right. fictional characters, which they already do in the show anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that'd be great. But anyway. Tell me, we, you wouldn't, tell me you wouldn't log in for a, a big event with Mecha Streisand. Oh, hell yeah. Come on. <laughs> it's brilliant, actually. Um, so I'm a little disappointed in this, but still kind of excited for it because it's South Park. And I will admit I've fallen off watching South Park over the last couple years. Well, I haven't watched South Park in forever. Yeah. Um, but I still have nostalgia for the idea. One of those things where you're like, oh, that's still going, huh? Yeah. It's like realizing that Spawn is on issue like 378 or <laughs> right. something now. I'm like, it never really? quit. Yep. <laughs> Todd McFarlane just doesn't stop. Yeah. Yep. Well, uh, he stops drawing after the 17th issue, but he doesn't stop publishing. <laughs> right. Just clarify that. Uh, next up, a game called The Casting of Frank Stone. Um, this was just re- announced at the end yeah. of the year last year. It's a game, it's a partnership between Dead by Daylight and Supermassive. Uh, two horror game aficionados. It's basically more in the vein of a super massive game, which means it's like a choose-your-own horror mm-hmm. adventure, basically. Which is good, because that's the only reason I'm interested in yeah, it. Yeah, because otherwise, Dead by Daylight does not hold a lot of cachet for me. Um, but it is a horror adventure, choose-your-own-adventure, where you make decisions and you try to keep everybody alive in your party. Um, I am a fan of super massive. Like, I like pretty much all the stuff that they've made over the last, like, half decade or so. Did you see the Until Dawn movie? No, uh, they. That's. Oh yeah, I did see that. Yeah. Hitting production, but you see who wrote the screenplay? Yeah, our friend Blair, Blair Butler, Butler is writing the script for well, it. She wrote the first couple drafts of it. Yeah. somebody else taking well, over now. Yeah, we'll like punch but, it up or whatever. But she, she's the one. Former X playwriter Blair Butler. It's awesome. Has uh, was the one who wrote the. That's her the second horror stuff. movie that's been picked up. Her um, script third. has been third. She, oh, she did the invitation. She wrote the invitation. Uh, that's that the one I knew movie. of. Yeah, and the one before that, she did Hellfest. Okay, well, not so familiar uh, with that one. <laughs> no, she'd rather you not watch. Yeah, that one. building up her but chops. She did get the WGA credit for it, yeah. so you know she got her name on a giant billboard in 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 LA. So that, that counts. That's pretty awesome. Yep. Um, so anyway, that's the casting of Frank Stone. Next up, Elden Ring: Shadow of the Erd Tree. I mean, we don't have a release date for that, but that's got to come this year, right? Yeah, probably. Like, can you wait longer than that to, like, release DLC for a single-player game? Although this isn't purely single-player, but... No, but it's just like... But it really is. You're going to start hitting the point where people are going to start expecting another game out of you. Yeah. Unless this thing is just gigantic. Yeah, which I think it is. It might be. I think it is, Matt. I also think that maybe their their decision-making is like, you know what? Our games aren't the type of games where people want to play it and then immediately play another one. Mm -hmm. But they've given a nice little reprieve here between, like, it could get everybody who bought Elden Ring to jump right back in and spend the 20 or bucks or whatever it's going to cost for this big expansion. So I definitely think it's coming this year. I definitely think it's going to end up being one of the Mm -hmm. biggest releases of the year. I have a a prediction for this. I think it's going to cost 40. You think it'll be 40? I think it's going to be huge. I think it's going to be big, too. I think it's going to be basically like buying another game. Wow. I think it's going to be like, maybe the map isn't a completely new map, but I think it's going to be like way bigger than we think. Okay. That's encouraging. In terms of content to do. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. If you were a fan of Elden Ring, you bought it and you enjoyed it, I think you're going to get a big chunk of it, more of Mm -hmm. it, for this year. Because they know the open world thing is the thing that really hooked people on this. So, I think they're going to make a whole extra island or continent or something you know, like i think they're gonna do a whole you go to a the whole gateway other place, opens, basically yeah. yeah 
like think um uh, um like oblivion where you went to uh you know the the Shiagorath thing where you went to the the islands of madness yeah, yeah. or whatever like that kind of th- i think yeah. you're gonna do something like I, that. I agree yep so that's elden ring shadow of the erd tree next up a game we've all been waiting for release for it feels like forever hollow knight silk song is this the year it finally comes out matt probably how can it not be i don't know I mean, we thought last year was going to be the year because it was scheduled to be on Game Pass in June, and they just blew right past that like it didn't matter, which is weird. <laughs> like, I don't know what the hell's going on with this game, but they need to hire more people. I guess that's what I would say. <laughs> like, um, but look, when this comes out, it's going to be, whenever year it comes out, it's going to be one of the biggest games of the year. People love Hollow Knight. I like really liked it. I didn't yeah. com- fall, like fall in love with it though. Like <laughs> yeah, a lot it wasn't of my favorite of the Metroidvanias of its era. Yeah, but, but it's uh, you can't deny the quality. Yeah, I mean I'm on an island there that most people love it for whatever reason. So hopefully it comes out in 2024. Next, Homeworld three, the revival of Homeworld. It's been what 19 or 20 years since the last Homeworld came out. Mm-hmm. And Gearbox um, is the one publishing this. It is one of those pet projects in Gearbox. This is Randy Pitchford personally is vouching for this game mm-hmm. he's yeah, saying these are the guys who did deserts of Ka- karak or kazakh yeah or, yeah so they know their stuff like these, yep. these, the, this team has been making good homeworld stuff already so. yep and finally it's coming this year it was supposed to come out last year it mm-hmm. didn't quite make it it even had a hard release date last year yeah it was but, but this year seems a given like, yep. it seems locked in, locked in it, i mean it's, it's like next month or something I yeah think. it should make it out um mm-hmm. if you're fans of the old homeworld games i mean all i can say is that they're promising that if you're a fan of the franchise you're not going to be disappointed yeah. in this here's a fun thing so my sister sent me a little it was like a letter to the you know advice column thing and it was mm-hmm. this crazy woman who was basically like my son is an actor and he's really scary as a villain in this thing that his gr- drama group is doing and I, th- I should I tell him that he's not allowed to act anymore because he makes me uncomfortable <laughs> and I'm a, and it's like you know adult woman unclear on concept of acting yeah. but she's talking about it's a group that usually they usually do a Shakespeare play uh, in the fall but this year they're doing a weird adaptation of like a video game an old video game story like where and he's like a evil bridge officer a captain who tells the bridge officers the subject did not survive interrogation and he's so cold when he says it and i'm like what game is that so i started dick it's homeworld one oh, wow. somewhere out there <laughs> there's a high school drama club doing a stage adaptation of homeworld one <laughs> and i would very much like to see that yeah that's crazy for sure it's how meta yeah <laughs> that's bizarre oh, uh, especially because those they weren't even close to alive when that game came out yeah like that's fascinating that fascinating. someone would be like adapt it because like there's not even any fucking people on screen in that game it's just voiceover with ships it's like so you you wrote a stage play about an rts yeah okay i like you (laughs) we only got a couple more left and one of them was a surprise game in the xbox developer direct and that is visions of mana yeah Uh, there had to have been some kind of cash change in hands for the 20 minutes that they gave this game just like squares (laughs) like oh you you need something to fill time here we go or they're like oh you want final fantasy 14 on xbox we have this other game that we would like for you to promote if you're willing who knows what kind of things are going on there but this feels i think squares in the in the the lower position on this one because like on one with this game in particular yeah. yeah I will say this looks pretty good. I mean, I will say um, that presentation, I was shocked at how much resources yeah. Square Enix is putting behind this game. Yeah, I mean, Mana does have a big following in Japan. It's, yeah. it's, it's maybe it's one of those things where it's like 
maybe they don't fully understand how people don't know what this is here or yeah. they're hoping that it won't matter or whatever yeah it was like the thing where um another thing where the the bunch of memes about shinzo abe's death popped up again this past week or week and a half and apparently it was a thing where like uh people kept american people uh, like meme people kept putting up um pictures of him after he was assassinated that basically said see a space cowboy which is a, a reference to cowboy bebop and one of the famous things is that J that was when Japanese people found out that Americans love cowboy bebop because oh. in Japan no one gave a shit about that oh, shit oh got you got it. and like it's like us finding out that like you know like somebody like, like it's like if an American politician died and Japanese people were constantly posting stuff with like quotes from like Family Matters, or right. like some yeah. like thing, where you're like, or, or some like some random TV show that lasted two seasons and we never think about it. Yeah. Again. It's like the Charmings or right, something, right. like, and it's like it's one of those weird cultural disconnects. Yeah, and like Man has just you know got uh, got a, it, it's not like huge, but but it's got like a venerable thing. People remember it. It started with it was a Final Fantasy spinoff. Final Fantasy yeah. Gaiden. Gaiden. They're putting money behind it. Lots of pretty, resources. This yeah. looks kind of good. It does. Like yeah. it doesn't look amazing. Better than I thought. But it looks like oh, I might enjoy playing that for a while. It looks very pleasant. Yep, and that's also PC, PS5, and Xbox Series only. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of surprised that's not coming to the last gen. At least PlayStation Four. Yeah. But well, nope. it, I don't think PlayStation 4 matters anymore. I guess it does. The doesn't. only thing you'd want to put it on be Switch. Yeah. And then the final game that we want to bring up, I told you third parties weren't great in 2024, is Assassin's Creed Red. You think it's coming this year? Uh, you would think. With Outlaws, who knows? I mean, out, I think Outlaws is on the schedule basically to, in case this doesn't make it. Yeah. I think Outlaws, if, if this is going to make it, this is their October, November release. Yeah. If Outlaw, and Outlaws would be sooner than that. Um, because, you know, Lucasfilm wants their shit. Yeah. Um, you know, especially because it's kind of a light year. Yeah. Um, but I do believe Lucasfilm thinks Acolyte's going to be a, a big hit and that would tie in well with Outlaws um, at the same time. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, I think if Outlaws... I think Outlaws is an August-September game unless this Assassin's Creed Red doesn't make it this year and then Outlaws might shift to later to be the, the anchored holiday release. Okay. Um, but that's really one of the big X factors is the new Assassin's Creed. Again, you guys can go make your picks right now in the Sifted Fantasy Challenge. I don't know if I'd pick that game, but it might be one of those aces in the hole. Like, I mean, if you got two slots at the end that you can afford to lose, that's a fun long shot bet. Yep, to wait till the end of the year and see if it pays off or not. So, as I said before we started previewing third parties, this is one of the worst year for third party games I've ever seen. That's it. We just gave you all the big games. And even some of those, like, in prior years, we wouldn't have mentioned a lot of these games. Let's be honest. Like... It is not a great year for third-party games, so I'm hoping Nintendo with Switch 2 and its launch lineup can come through with some stuff. I'm hoping PlayStation and the latter half of the year can come up with some some big stuff. There's, you know, PlayStation has to have a big Q4 game. I don't know what it is yet, but it has to have one. So, so we'll see. But yeah, I mean that is 2024 for third-party games. The lineup is not great. You also, I think, I think the. I think they have. I think Ghost of Tsushima too is this year. I think you may be right. I think that I'm really starting to lean that way. Time is about right, and Sucker Punch hasn't done anything else. Yeah, and we haven't heard anything about it. But we got the whole year to go, and the way a lot of stuff is promoted anymore, marketed anymore, it's like they show it and they put it out three or four months later, and it does fine. So that could absolutely happen, and mm -hmm. I hope it does happen. That would be awesome. So anyway, there you go. That's a third party preview for 2024. Before we wrap up the show, we have a word from our other awesome sponsor, soundwizardry.com. 
experience the realm of extraordinary audio with sound wizardry. With a decade-long journey in sound design, we animate your movies and video games with the breadth of sound. Our wide-ranging services include sound design, Foley, sound mixing and mastering, audio implementation, dialogue mastering, and the crafting of unique sound effects from freshly recorded material. Our portfolio contains Baldur's Gate 3, Steven Universe, Alan Wake 2, Gwent, Cyberpunk 2077, and more. Visit soundwizardry.com and let us transmute your vision into an auditory marvel. That's right, hit up soundwizardry.com for all your auditory needs. It doesn't matter what you're working on. You got a project that you're working on for your business or your YouTube channel or for school or you're making a game and you need any audio done in that game, hit up soundwizardry.com. They can help you with pretty much all of it. And as you can see, based on that ad, they have one hell of a resume and I have some pretty exciting news. So I talked a couple weeks ago about how I had a new idea on how to handle the sponsorship for soundwizardry.com and they have agreed to it. And it's pretty awesome. I'm pretty excited about it. Um, you're not gonna see it until we re relaunch the show in February, uh, but we're gonna have a cool thing in Game Face going forward, courtesy of soundwizardry.com. Get excited for it, because I think you guys are gonna like it a lot. Um, so anyway, that's it for Game Face 373. Um, again, we need to get out of here a little bit earlier than normal. What we're gonna do is we're gonna break down um, the stream, we're gonna stop it for literally like two minutes and bring it back up and then we'll do our Sifted Video Game Fantasy League draft for 2024. Just sit tight, the screen will go dark for a little bit, the stream will come back up, you may need to refresh Twitch or whatever, uh, but we'll be right back, I, I promise you, we're not even going anywhere, we're gonna sit in these very same seats and we just gotta do some stuff on the TriCaster to save Game Face and then get the draft started and we'll bring the stream right back up and get ready to go. Um, if you're watching this show on YouTube or you're listening to it on any of the podcast services and you want to support us, and it would be awesome if you did, go to patreon.com slash sifted. That's S-I-F-T-D. And you can pledge whatever you want there. But if you pledge $4, you get all our content early, Pactor Factor a week early, Game Face at least three days early, all our other content at least three days early. Um, help us out if you can. It would be awesome. And if you don't have any money, you can help us out with Twitch Prime. If you're watching on YouTube, go down below to the description to learn how to do that. It's very simple. And if you haven't done it in a while, just go to twitch.tv slash siftedgames and just click twice and give us that free 250. That's all you gotta do. We'd appreciate it very much. And if you can't do that, then just review the show or like it on YouTube. I don't know, share it on social media. There's all kinds of stuff you can do to help us for totally nothing. And we'd appreciate anything you can do to help out Game Face. Uh, we'd really appreciate it. So. Anyway, don't forget, we're gonna send the stream down. It's just gonna be like a minute or two, and then we'll be back with our Sifted Video Game League Fantasy Draft. But thank you guys for checking out Game Face today. Um, also, thanks- You need to do an up and out? Well, I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm just leading up to it, Matt. Is this, because this is a, the draft is a separate show. Yeah, have, yeah, yeah, absolutely. We're gonna take the stream down and then bring it back up for the draft. Yeah. Um, so anyway, next week's show is gonna be great. We got, let's see, we have Tekken 8 in that show. Well, we have Suicide Squad. Yeah, should, I think early access should, should... Maybe. We at least would have first impressions, I think. Yeah. We're going to like three big games in next week's episode. In and then nothing for months. <laughs> so enjoy it while it lasts. <laughs> See you for Dragon's Dog, my kids. Yeah. Uh, so thanks again for showing up for this and for being on chat. We'll see you in just a minute for our Sifted Fantasy Draft. Game Face is up and out. <laughs>